Hello and welcome to episode 67 of In PS We Trust, a PlayStation podcast. My name's Davey and joined with me as always is the fine wine himself, Mr. Philip Hoy. Long live the king. Oh, are we punishing him for that? Are we punishing him? We can't, we can't. It was clever, it was clever. Mm. We can't. Mm, It was very apt, didn't it? As soon as we just had the coronation. Okay. And, of course, my little poppet, Spence, and you're nowhere near me today. It's the first time that you've left the comfortable abode of the Davis mansion, and instead you're recording out of what seems to be an underground fucking cave. By the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, you won't know, but every single day, even when we're not recording, I'm still over that house. This is the first time I've left that house in, what, three months? Two months? Maybe we've lived together. Yeah, it's been lovely, and now my heart yearns. Yearns to you, mate. It's gone. But yeah, I am in a cave right now. I think any more echo on this line, I'm going to have to call you Bruce Wayne, mate. Because you're definitely in the fucking bat cave right now. The, you're going to have like little little things like flying past you in a moment. You probably got in front of you, you probably got the bat computer and that's it. The rest of it is all just empty space. That's just waiting for your dad to go in and start filling those walls. You want to tell him to start doing cavity filling. He'll, uh, he'll probably come and do that halfway through the episode, I'm sure. But uh, it will improve your audio whenever that does happen. But it is nice to have you um, on a virtual screen instead of instead of right next to me. At least I get to look at you now without having to turn my head all, all the time, you know? So it's, you know, for comfort for myself, it's actually a better experience. But audio-only listeners, I'm afraid uh, you'll have to make do with this as it is. But, guys, we've got an absolutely insane show lined up for you, as we always do. And, listeners, you may be thinking to yourself, wow, has Davy finally hit puberty? As his voice finally dropped to the point where his dulcet tones now have become orgasmically low, to the point where it makes you think, oh, <laughs> ooh, he's, he's not far off either hitting the O spot or hitting the brown note. I don't know which one it's going to be. But uh, no, it just turns out that I've had flu. I had flu for the last week, and it's just killed me. Absolutely killed me. So my voice is the last little bit left before I'm at 100% health. So you'll have to deal with this. You know, I quite like it, actually. It's quite growing on me, to be honest with you. I wish I had more of like a kind of southern accent or something that I could really, you know, do movie trailers or something with this voice. Milk it for the time I got it. But unfortunately, guys, 67 may be the only chance you get for this uh, beautiful, beautiful voice. I think all our voices have changed a little bit for this episode. So you're you're just getting over the flu. Yeah. Spencer, of course, have got the echo, and I'm suffering from a night out. So my voice is a little bit croaky as well. So, uh, yeah, trust me, audio listeners, it is Phil, Spencer, and Davey on this podcast. We haven't just been replaced. It is us. It is us. It is us. And on brand for us, we got stacks of stuff to go through. So we got a whole shed load of news, as we always do, and we're going to be breaking down the kind of funny interview that they did with Phil Spencer as well. I know we're not an Xbox podcast, but there were some revelations that came up in that interview that I think would be really good to discuss with you guys. So we're saving that for our topic. But before we get into any of that, we always start the show off with a question. And Spencer, unfortunately for myself and Phil, it's landed on you. So 
Oh, no. Bring it on, mate. Show us what you got. Okay. So, this is a tradition of my questions. This, you know, kind of just a common trend, as you will. And sometimes I kind of throw you off a little bit. I'm like, this time it's different. And then I ask the question and you think, oh, fuck, here we go again. This time it's really different. <laughs> I don't trust it. I really don't trust it. <laughs> I've been bitten it. too many times. I've been bitten too many times. My question, what IP that isn't a video game would you like to see become one? Oh, oh wow. A real question. And there's no sexual connotations to this kind of question? or No sexual connotations at all. Bloody hell. Wow. Whoa. Oh, I wasn't expecting this. I was thinking about, I was getting my answer ready for who would I rather shag, my mum or my dad. You know, I thought we were getting down more that kind of line still. <laughs> I was getting myself ready for it. I was thinking, okay, right. Put yourself outside of this. This isn't real. Okay. So what IP that doesn't exist as a video game would you like to see as a video game? It's a difficult one, this, isn't it? Because most IPs are video games. No, we know of, yeah, because we're gamers. That's it. But there's plentiful. There's many, many IPs. So my question to you boys, which one would you like to see? And if you want, who would you like to make it? But open floor, whoever can think of an answer first, just lay it out. Because I know it is a bit of a tricky one. Okay, so thinking of IPs that aren't actually video games. And I don't think they've got to making this a video game, but I think it would translate quite well. Now, I'm a big fan of party video games, okay? So I like getting the boys around, a couple of drinks... And banging on such games as Knowledge is Power and That's You. Now, on Channel 4 in the UK, we have a show called Taskmaster. And the idea of that show is they come up with random tasks and they have to solve them in the most creative way they can um, to win over the judge. And now I think that would make for a very entertaining video game, okay? Now, I'm not saying that... It would be the best of video games. I don't think it's going to be a triple A in any way. But I think a nice little throwaway game that you could buy for £20 or it would be free on the PS Plus that would be very enjoyable over a couple of beers with your mates around. Now, I think that would be really good because they've had some great tasks on the show. And I think how that could translate to a video game could be quite creative, especially with all the new things that we could do with the uh, dual sense. I'm in for that. I'm in for that 100%, yeah. I mean, any chance that you have more of these kind of party games, I really feel like PlayStation have dropped just dropped an absolute deuce on this for some reason it used to be so good in like the ps3 generation we had like sing star we had rap star we had all these like little random projects that were little party games and then ps4 that kind of carried over sing star got like an update and went onto phones and and there were still loads of different things like that you know um i mean christ even go back to itoy back on ps2 there's always been this kind of like this party this sofa based you know, all cried around a console and clean windows or do random bollocks that you can get your gran involved with. And it was fun, right? And we just don't seem to have any of that stuff anymore outside of like, I don't know, carnival games or any, you know, some rubbish knockoff stuff like that. So seeing seeing any new take into this, um, I'm, I'm down for it 100%. I mean, yeah, same for me. Those party games come in so clutch whenever we have like a drink at night over someone's house. We always think, oh, what should we do? Should we watch something? Should we play Ring of Fire? Some of that. And there's no amount of ways you can turn a game like that into a drinking game. You can create the rules. You can make it endlessly fun. And Taskmaster, I love the show Taskmaster. I think it's great. I don't know how they'd be able to translate it because you, you've got to be really creative with Taskmaster. But I guess unless it's like the people that the judges, you all choose, chose 
who decided the best way to go about it or something like that. It could definitely work. Oh, okay. Let's, I'd say let's yeah, make it. Change the rules slightly. Yeah, I'm, say, I'm saying oh, let's make idea. the Game Boys. I think that's a gold mine. I think that's a fantastic idea, mate. I'm in. I'm 100% in, yeah. 100%. Even if it was a case that everything was all like planned out, that they were like mini-games, kind of like... Um, uh, kind of like Mario Party in a way that the tasks were already set, like it would come up, you know. That that what's his face? I don't even. I don't watch the show. Another guy who's on it though, Great. the guy from uh, In Betweeners. Yeah, they he'd be <laughs> up on there, and they'd be like, "Oh, you got to do X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, right?" And even if it was like already planned out, it was going to happen anyway. But you just go into like a mini game, and it's like, right, well, do your best at trying to perform this task, whatever's been set for you, or whatever. Go around the house and find these ten things, or bring the pelican over here, or whatever the bollocks. <laughs> That's one of my do. tasks. Is, go and get yeah. ten spoons. <laughs> that was whatever a lockdown thing, task. Right? That was. <laughs> oh yeah, classic, classic. Um, but yeah, I think no matter which way they go about it, it would be it would be interesting at the very least, and something that if it was cheap enough, you'd pick up just for have a random laugh with your mates for a night, wouldn't you? And that's all it needs to do. It's true. It's true. Solid answer, solid answer, Phil. Davey, mate, have you thought about yours? I have, I have. Now, mine technically has already been a video game IP, but such a long time ago now that I would say that it doesn't count, right? And it's very, very lacking, and it needs to happen. Superman. Why has there not been a Superman game since 64? It makes no sense whatsoever. Why? Why? you got all these powers, right? Literally any power you can think of, Supes has got it. And you could be like, boom, Superman the game. And you could just fly off from point blank, fly off into the upper atmosphere and just fly the world and just zoom around. Or if you don't want to fly, run. Or if you don't want to run, ice skate. Because you could just ice breath the floor and ice skate. You could do so much. And it just hasn't happened, ever. What type of game would it be? What kind of genre are you going for? I, You know, if he's flying around, it could almost be a flight simulator. Well, the flight combat would be the, the hardest thing Oh, you're thing having combat make. in it, right? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, this is Superman. Yeah, you can't just be flying around and there's nothing for him to do. You know, boring <laughs> as hell. If, he, if he's just, if the world's fine, it's just Superman's day off and everything's fine. You know, there's no crime happening today, Superman. You can just sit back and fly around all you want. Just fly around. Uh-huh. You can fly the route, you know, London to Tokyo. Why not? See what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'd be over in like two seconds, wouldn't it, for Superman? Not even that. Oh, yeah. It'd be yeah. Over, it would be pretty like... fast, wouldn't it? There is a flaw in my <laughs> yeah, idea <but> there. <laughs> He's yeah. like, boom, there. Be... Okay, fine. Well, that was a yeah. short flight. Well, what... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's next? What's next? But yeah, I think it would be uh, it would be an open world. It, it'd be kind of like... Um, like the Batman games, in that it's like an open world, um, open world st- uh, story action adventure game. But the interesting thing would be how you'd kind of damage him, right? Because he is obviously indestructible. So you have to scale him up to be fighting other people that are just as strong, right? So you want to be him to be fighting a shed load of like Kryptonians that have come out of the uh, negative zone or something like that so you've got all these enemies that are like on par with him and it would be a, a case of as you work through the game you're bringing down different like kind of generals and like they each ruling like different parts of like the world or um or almost like lord of the rings game dead 
kind of with the orcs. kind of yeah and yeah, yeah. and you kind that of just go sense. and take them out you couldn't get them on your side but your choice would be really in case of how do you capture these people right do you how do you get them either back into the negative zone uh, or do you kill them and i suppose it's, it's the way that you kind of change as the story goes on you could either be like a good superman or a bad superman and it would then depend on how you take your fights on if it's in the city and it's causing collateral damage and everything else because you're fighting on such a huge power scale that he's you know so much more powerful than like spider-man or batman or anyone we've seen so far so it'd be all these different things that we built on top of it so we would never have to solve any kind of like low-level crime okay so someone shoplifting from sainsbury's you're not sending superman around there to cave his head in <laughs> no, no 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 he's a he's a bit too much for that isn't he i mean like this this is the thing that always cracks me up people in dc you know what this guy's capable of and they still pull a nine millimeter out on him you think what's the you might as well just turn it on yourself and even then you wouldn't even be able to shoot yourself because it's it blocked the bullet in time you know there's like no way you've got no hope you might as well just give up like literally if you're doing any crime in the world you'd be like uh oh, i think again because superman can hear me no matter where i am He's heard me jack off multiple times. You know, oh, he, everything I've done, <laughs> Here we go. he knows. I know it's Spencer's topic. <laughs> but it's like, why does anybody in DC ever do a crime ever when Soups exists? I'd be like, mm, do you know what? I'll wait till he's off world. If he's off world, go nuts with your crime then at that point. But if he's on that planet, he's choosing not to come and kick your ass. That's all he's choosing not to, because he could. You know, any any robber just has no chance whatsoever. But the team I'd want on it, right? Any team in the world. Before the Suicide Squad game, I would have said I'd want Rocksteady. And I still kind of do want Rocksteady on it. Really? I think they, yeah, I think they did Batman so good. They did him such, so good that... I feel they could nail it. I feel like if they didn't have the studio interference from Warner Bros and it wasn't, you know, mandated to have all this kind of, um, you know, this live service bollocks kind of thrown down at left, right and center, they could pull something magic out and it could be their redemption story. So I'd, I'd want to give them another go. But outside of them, I mean, it's got to be Insomniac, doesn't it? Th- those are the two obvious choices, but I'm going to go for Rocksteady for this and i'm hoping that spence you're, you're allowing the superman claim to fame on this i mean yeah this it is a dead ip it's, it's a dead ip it's not as dead as you said because there have been superman games since 64 they've just been movie tie-in games on like the 360 and ps3 but they've they've never been great they've never been great and they don't make them anymore there's no we don't see movie tie-in games anymore at all we don't see other than kind of bad DC games at the minute and fantastic Marvel games at the minute. There's no Superman. It's never Superman. Because they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to make that game and make it good because he is Superman. They need to give him limitations and they can't because of who he is. So if you could figure out a way to do it, I'd allow it. And I think you have. Yeah. The, the, the hard thing would be having the technology to keep up with it, really. You know, like, what stops you flying out towards San? You know, what stops you... You know, going out and doing all these different things that Supes could just do. That would be the difficult thing. But smart game design, isn't it? Just somehow box it in somehow and make it feel like he's not boxed in. I don't know. I'm not the guy who has to figure that out. Pay me enough. 
Get me in charge of this. Get me a head on the head on the studio. I'll find a way, boys. I'll find a way. But what about yourself, Spence? What is your uh, what is your million dollar idea? Right. I wouldn't call it a million dollar idea. Mine is literally it's just something I want. Something I really want. We have a lot of games that kind of reference Greek mythology, like the original God of Wars. And uh, I say reference, they're very much just heavy in Greek mythology. And now we have the Norse mythology. We don't really have anything good that's Greek mythology anymore. And I love Greek mythology. So I would like, not kind of a movie tie-in, but there's a new show coming out, which is Percy Jackson. And I love Percy Jackson. They're my favorite Greek mythology books. I want a game to come out coinciding with that series. And I want it to be sick. I was going to say, Greek mythology really isn't an IP. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you've kind of broken your own rules. But you backed that up. You saved it just at the end there. Yeah. Percy Jackson, I've loved it. I've read all the books, watched two of the movies, because it's only two, because it got cancelled, because it was terrible. And now there's a new show coming out. And I think it'd be great. I Just just being a demigod, having the powers of Poseidon, walking about, I think it'd be sick. That's what I want. So he's like an Aquaman kind of guy is he he's got like kind of those aquaman-esque kind of powers is he like controls the water he can't speak to fish but he controls water what a loser can't talk to fish yeah that's the one he calls himself a demigod (laughs) is what it is mate is what it is but he can control water loosely he doesn't have like fluid control of it he's only he's only half side and you know uh if he's injured water heals him uh, he can choose to be dry or wet coming out of water. So if he needs to blend in, he could come out wet, but he could just have it all come off him. It's fine. Uh, and he can, I think when he's in water, he can breathe underwater forever. He just sits under there. And he can hear his father when he's under there as well. So he can speak to his dad. And that's quite nice. Um, then there's other demigods. There's a whole training camp where they all learn stuff. That could be a tutorial area. Then it's always quests, like you've got to go get the Golden Fleece and do all this endless stories in Greek mythology. They could have hundreds of these games. And if they're made by a good studio, it could be sick. You just print it out. I'd buy all of them. So is there like an overarching plot then with Percy Jackson? I've never seen Percy Jackson. Is there like a big bad that you're trying to take down? You're trying to take down like Hades? Or how does it, how does it kind of work? Are you building towards something? Or is he just trying to get better at his powers there there is a big bad there's uh luke who's the son of hermes and he's a villain he kind of he hates the gods and his goal is to uh, revive titan the father of all the gods you know the one who ate all of them and then zeus saved all his brothers and sisters by splitting open the stone all that uh he's trying to revive titan and percy's just trying to stop him along the way and it's just sick it ends with a massive war in new york everyone's dying Luke's dipped himself in that uh, pond that Achilles was in, so he's basically immortal. And it's just fight. It's just sick. It ends up really sick. I just love to see it. Fair dues. Fair dues. So who do you want to make it then? What team would you trust this uh, this idea to? Yeah, that's that's the tricky one. Hang on, let me do a quick search for something. It's not going to be Blue Point, is it? Come on. No, I thought about Blue Point, but they've got enough to do with all your other hypotheticals from the past. Yeah. I think what I, who I'd want to do it is actually Sucker Punch. I'd want to kind of make it Ooh, yeah. semi-open world quest line kind of infamous. like. But obviously instead of electric powers, you got the powers of Poseidon. I kind of want it to be like that. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. 
that's a great studio choice as well. And they're on uh, they're on such high high roll at the moment after Ghost Tsushima that why not follow up with Percy Jackson the game? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, love to see it. Love to see it. Well, audience, if you've got any suggestions for any IP that you'd love to see get turned into a video game, let us know right into the email psweTrust@gmail.com or reach out to us on our socials. You can find all of them in the description of the show. Now, guys, on that note, let's move it on to what we've been playing. This time on NPS We Trust, what have the boys been playing? So, guys, it's been two weeks since the last podcast episode, and I'm desperate to know what you've been playing. But before we do, Spencer, your dad's come round and filled your holes, hasn't he? That's, uh, don't say it like that. That is horrendous. <laughs> no? Yeah, I did a nice, nice, clean question, and you just got to tarnish it. He's, he's helped me out. Okay, not my holes, personally. The holes in which I reside in. Hmm. Yeah, no. He's he sorted yeah. out my room. Let's, let's, he's come in my room and he's plugged some holes. Not mine. <laughs> Not mine. The more you say it, the worse yeah. it sounds. Yeah, yeah. You should just go. Yeah, you should just go with it. To be fair, but you're sounding much better, Spence. So it's good. It's good to have you and have your tones come through. And now you no longer sound like you're in the cave, which yes. uh, which I'm very grateful for, and I'm sure our audience are as well. But let's come across to yourself, then, Spence. Now that we can actually hear you properly. What have you been playing? <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> because this whole time, I've been thinking, oh, I should really be playing RE4. And I should have been. However, like we mentioned last episode, Capcom released a Street Fighter Six demo. And since that demo's come out, I've probably put maybe 50 hours into it. Maybe more, maybe a bit less. I've done nothing but play that demo. It's been all I've been doing. Well, Spence, I shouldn't be surprised, actually, in you playing Street Fighter Six because just before I came down with my illness, you came over to mine, and we had a full evening, which was just non-stop Street Fighter Six. We played Locals uh, Street Fighter Six on PC so that you could uh, use your fight stick and I could use mine. And, uh, and yeah, and, and that was all we did for an entire evening. Now, we don't need to mention results about how that entire night went, but do you feel now, after a substantially more time on the game, do you feel you could beat me yet? No. I feel, I feel like, no. No, I can't. My neutral sucks, okay? And I haven't been able... I've still been playing the demo now, but I'm playing it on Parsec, which is kind of the equivalent as what we were doing on PS5, where we could share play it, which has lag, and it's really not good. It looks like I'm playing on 480p. It's not ideal, but it was the only solution we had other than locals. Um, so I'm playing on Parsec, which is the PC equivalent with my friend Man, or Marcus. Uh, and Parsec lagless, more or less, it's like two or three frames lag, which you'd think, brilliant, problem solved. It eats my inputs. And even though it's only two or three frames, when you need to react to overheads or to jump-ins or to drive impacts, it, you, it's not possible. It's not possible, even with that little bit of lag. So yes, I've not really been able to practice as best as I could, and I still can't practice Cammy. <laughs> so as much as I practice Luke and I get good with Luke, 
as soon as June 2nd comes by, that's all out the window. Because I will not be playing Luke. Are you getting a bit worried, Phil, that Spence is getting this this bit of a bit of a practice in at this point? Or do you think legacy skill is going to take over? That's what's carrying me so far. Well, I'm not that worried, to be honest. I know Spencer, when we were playing it up in London, when we got to play on the demo, I think it was quite even between us, I would have said. You know, my guile was doing okay against your jury. Um, but ultimately, you having a little bit more extra time with Luke, I don't think that's really going to bother me. I think you'll understand a little bit, a bit more about the game than probably I will uh, when we jump in initially because I haven't actually put any time into the Street Fighter demo. I have pre-ordered the game, so I will have it day one. Um, but I haven't actually touched it since that time in London. So uh, I, I think we'd be relatively close anyway. We'll see. Yeah, I, th I think we'll probably be even. And then even if it's a case, I've learned maybe a bit more of the mechanics and the nuances of Street Fighter 6, especially. I'm not going to improve unless you guys improve. So it's, I'm happy to share the knowledge I learn. I want you guys to be better than me. So then I can be better than you. And then you get better than me. And then we keep beating each other till we're just eventually the best. And that's all I want. I want us three to be number one, two and three in the world. I'll, I'll put this out there now. I don't want any of you guys to be better than me at all. I want to be just continually smoking. <laughs> it's quite nice, to be honest. You get in there and it's just like, oh, I'm like, oh, should we play something else? You know, it's getting a bit, you know, this 50 win streak's getting a bit fucking much, this, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> how many more ways Happy can I just throw to this punch map? down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I don't play Smash Yeah, yeah, that's true. I drop it. As soon as you're not, not I'm no longer the best, just you know, walk away. Oh, my time is done. <laughs> oh, realize taking over now. Realize taking over. But the the good thing is with uh, Street Fighter Six, you guys are gonna get a good head start because I'll be away on uh, on holiday when it comes out. So you guys have a week in front of me. So I'll be looking forward to hopefully being a bit behind and then having to play a bit of catch up, which would be uh, quite a nice feeling uh, in Street Fighter Six. So I'll be I'll be looking forward to that. Definitely will. But um, Spence, apart from Street Fighter Six, which of course you know, in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be really kind of going through this. It won't be long, and it would be in our hands, which would be an amazing feeling. You and me dove into uh, Dead Space 3, which uh, we managed to complete. We played through the entire game uh, in readiness for me to write a review for it, and we got that finished yesterday. We got it finally finished off. As a long-term fan of Dead Space, how did you find Dead Space 3? It just, it just wasn't what we wanted, I think. It was a steady decline going down. There was points where it kind of picked back up and then back down, especially where I was playing as Carver, John Carver, kind of the side character. Obviously, you're doing the review, so you get to be Mr. Clark. But Carver has some proper trauma, and he's gone through some shit. So when it kind of delves into his past and you gets these visions and stuff, that was really sick. But unfortunately, we couldn't do all of it because we were kind of pressed for time. And aside from that, the story was lackluster, the combat's lackluster, the kind of environments, this one ice biome that we saw six or seven times, just copy-pasted every time. It's just, it just feels like a minimal effort dead space that he slapped co-op onto. What an absolute waste of visceral to do this. Like, to go from Dead Space 2, which was so good on so many levels... And then to see just all of that get ripped away with just a rubbish villain. The co-op was fine, I guess. I mean, if there wasn't co-op in it, God, there'd be no enjoyment whatsoever. 
because it was the only enjoy, enjoy, enjoyable part of it. The shooting was trash. Telekinesis rubbish hardly worked. Oh, yeah. All of it's just... It's one of those things where... You know when you hate a game when you originally play it? And you hope that the years have been unkind to it. And you go back and your opinion will be changed. And you hope that will happen. And you come out of it like 15 hours later and you realize, oh God, I wasn't harsh enough. I wasn't harsh enough on this game. <laughs> this game is, is terrible on every single level. And uh, yeah, thank God we won't ever have to play that again. Apart from the DLC in a couple of months time. Unfortunately, my friend. Yeah, we will have to. I think the big thing, they just, it, I think they had a lot of aspirations, very high ideas for this game, and they couldn't follow through on any of them. Like, the, their frame rate drops a lot of the time, especially considering we were both using rocket launchers and just blowing everything to Kingdom Come. A lot of frame drops, especially when it's like more than three necromorphs. They can't keep bodies rendered in as well, because there's too many objects. In Dead Space 2, you could just pick up whatever you want. You can't in this. And say you're going to pick up a limb off a necromorph that you've just killed. That body disappears because it can't keep it in the environment because it's too demanding for the game. So you've got to pick up a limb to try and blast a necromorph off you and then the body's gone and you get jumped. And it's like, what the fuck? It's not... The game doesn't work on a lot of levels. I think the co-op actually worked really fine. The co-op actually worked really well. But aside from that, it kind of just, it was lackluster in every other department. And I don't regret playing it, but I'm not looking forward to going back for the DLC. <laughs> no, I'd prefer to have played uh, RE5 or 6 any day. Any damn day of the week, I'd prefer. I'd much prefer to go back and play RE6 than this. Uh, it was, it was, at times, just mind-numbingly boring. You know, the, those moments where you just wander around like you sit in the ice and you just see the same part over and over and over again and we think oh is this the same bit yeah yeah oh yeah it's this bit again same part we could put a robot over here here's that same box over here you think oh this studio we're on to something they are on such a an absolute win streak with one and two how did it turn out like this oh it's just such a damn shame but it's what led them to be closed down i guess oh bless you visceral Bless you, but you absolutely messed up with this game. Really did. Really did. But moving along from that, there was a game that you guys have been playing together. I suppose I, I joined for a little bit before the flu took too much from me and I couldn't take on too much. So I really want to hear both your thoughts on this. And that's a game we got free on PlayStation Plus this month, which was Chivalry 2. So we decided to suit up, put on our knight's armor, and get out into the field and start hacking and slashing some uh, some limbs off some enemy knights. Guys, I want to know your thoughts on it. Mr. Hoy, let's come across to you first. What are your thoughts on Chivalry 2? Did you enjoy the experience? Give me your overall roundup. Give me everything you got. Sure. Well, I was really excited to jump into this game with you, Lance. I know you got taken by the flu and me and Spencer, we, we stayed on for a couple of games after that, but we didn't stay on too long. So that probably preludes a little bit of uh, my review there because the game is fun. It really is fun running in with your sword held high, ready to slash someone's head off. And the intricacy in the combat is, is, is quite interesting. There's quite a lot there to learn. 
but ultimately you are just zerging over and over and over against the opposition and I don't really feel like anything we were doing was really making any difference okay so we were running in you might have strung together three or four kills by the time you get ganked by a group of other knights but you're not really doing anything or getting anywhere with the combat okay that's how I felt with it anyway it just felt it was just the same over and over and over again okay as the game progresses i'm sure you open up more classes you'll have more weaponry um but for the time we played it it did just feel like it was just on a loop and unfortunately i don't feel like i enjoyed it as much as i wanted to because the the settings the graphics the sound everything there was 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 thought about and like considered but I just didn't enjoy it. The fun part got sucked out of it the more I continued with this loop. Now, Spence, we, we played a couple more games after Davey left, as I mentioned. I kind of have a sense that you felt the same as me when it came to this game because we moved on pretty fast, didn't we? Yeah, we moved on quite quick. I mean, we were just saying that Dead Space 3 was just mindless combat. This game was mindless combat. As much as it is an intricate combat system, and you'd think it would be, it's really not because they kind of have this whole thing of you can counter if you predict what way they or you react to what way they're slashing you you can block it and counter it and that's a surefire way to get a hit in except it's not because there's six of them in front of you and you got to counter all of them which isn't going to happen and you die in two seconds it was just less you like you said it was less and less fun the more we played that was ultimately the problem, wasn't it? Because as soon as you kind of found like one person on their own to kill, then either three of your guys or three of their guys would come in and just kind of steal the kill, right? You you couldn't have that like one-on-one -on -one action. And I'm sure that happens within the game. We only played multiplayer online where there was so many people against so many people, but it just felt like that, that kind of area of it got ruined because there were so many people trying just to get the kill before you. And ultimately all the minutiae just fell out of it for me. Yeah. No, I completely agree. There are game modes where you can kind of do one-on-ones or 2v2s. You can do that kind of stuff. I've played Chivalry uh, 1 on the PC years, years, years ago. And that was it's literally the exact same game. It's just, I don't even know if it's in a new engine, but Chivalry 2 just looks prettier and has new environments. That is it. That's all they've changed. But yeah, it's just the, those massive army wars. I'm sure that's probably more realistic as to what it might have been back in day. But I wasn't there. I don't want to be there. I just want a nice 1v1 with my mate. The one thing we were discussing on the night that actually maybe would have made the game a little bit more interesting as well was actually have some sort of tie-ins with this game, wasn't it? We were, we were talking about the possibilities of maybe having like a Lord of the Rings battle within this or, or maybe like a Game of Thrones battle in this or just something just to give you a little bit extra to the reasons why you were fighting these battles because, you know, we played a few rounds and they were just, they just felt pointless at the end of the day. There was some interesting things, of course, you could get on wagons and you could shoot cannons and things like that and there was like a castle and you had to protect like the right all that was interesting but if they had like one of the notable battles from one of the big movie tie-ins that would be really cool i think that would be a way that they would bring me back into this game and maybe make me spend a bit more time with it but i don't think there's enough there on our i don't know three or four hour playthrough of the game to really take me any more time to come back right yeah i mean yeah i completely agree tie-ins would be a very smart idea for them i'm not sure why they've never really done that before um but yeah i've got no no desire to go back to it. I don't think I ever will. It's still installed, but not for long. It's going to get gone. 
there's so many better games and so many better things you could be spending your time doing. This is just, if you have, say, 50 friends somehow on Discord and you all want to be on the same side, great. You're going to have a great time. If there's like four of you in an army of 50 and you're just trying to get by, just trying to do your honor and save the king, you're going to have a hard time. It's very difficult. And you might get a few kills, but ultimately you're just going to be dying a lot to teams of six. And it's just, it really does suck the fun out of the game. Ultimately, I'm happy that it was on PS Plus. If I paid for this game, I think I would have been a lot more negative. It being free and just it being a bit of dumb fun that we, we had a couple of hours on, brilliant. But if I'd spent money, I think I would be uh, a lot more angry right now. Do you know what? I feel like I got lucky as hell with this one because I was going to buy Chivalry 2 ages ago when it first came out it was all gameplay that were being shown and people were like putting off these like these clips of taking out like loads of different people in a row i thought oh, this looks really fun or going around with the captain america build which just like just a shield and just launching a shield at people and just beating the shit out of them with shields and i thought oh, this looks fun really really fun and i remember seeing dispense at the time oh i'm really thinking about getting this you know you'll be able to play it then as well and um and he was like oh I wouldn't make, I wouldn't bother. And so I just never did. And it was probably the best advice ever because you were exactly right, guys. I felt this was just kind of just dumb, like really dumb because you just don't have the chance to be able to really get some skill on. And there was the, the old person that I did have a 1v1 with and we had a good battle. And then afterwards, you know, it ends and they like give you like a, you know, they say like, oh, well done or whatever. They can send you like a, a little like kind of like congratulations for winning that duel thing like and and that was that was really good to have that and you think okay yeah well that was that was fair we had a really good fight and you know they're running away and i just killed them by throwing my sword at them and then i'm running around looking for a weapon in the middle of a battlefield and trying to run for my life and that's fun but after a few games through feel like i kind of seen it all kind of done it all and like you say you feel like such a small cog in the overall machine that no matter how well you're kind of doing, it doesn't feel like it's enough. It doesn't feel like as if you can really turn a tide of a battle with like four of you. If four of you is like, right, let's go out, let's loop around the enemies and let's kill them from behind because you can't go too far outside of the battle without it saying you're out of bounds, which was a damn shame because I tried to sneak out and think, right, I'm going to get them when they're coming out of their little flank, out of their spawn. I'm just going to get them from here and just fin them out from behind. They'll never see me coming. The snake, the viper. And no, it's like, no, no, get back in line, get back in line. And and that's the way it is. So yeah, I'm glad it was a PS Plus game as well, guys. Definitely one for the bin. But I suppose I might as well be the one to bring on to the big game, the big game of this entire show. And that, of course, is Horizon Burning Shores, the DLC. I've played it through. I've completed it. I've done everything I can do, every single quest that is possible in Burning Shores. Guys, I am ready to discuss it. So before I kind of go into an open spiel, Mr. Hoy, is there any burning questions that you want to know about the Burning Shores? And of course, I'm not going to give any plot spoilers or anything like that away. So I'm not going to ruin any of the, uh, uh, anything that would ruin the experience for you or our listeners. I kind of want you to hate it if I'm honest, because I really want to play this game if it's good, and it frustrates me even more that I cannot 
because of the DLC situation and me having an American account. So please tell me it was pointless and I need to miss it. I know you're not going to. Uh, mm. Pointless? Uh, kind of is, to be honest with you. Oh, okay, okay. You end it really at the same place that you end the main base game. It's still the same approaching threat coming towards Earth. There's no, like, big, you know, shake-up. You think, oh, we finally found a way. There's something that we can do. Not really. No. There's, without going into spoilers or anything, all it is, you know the, the, the plot of the second horizon, you'll fight, you'll fight in the, those, I, I'm really struggling, I don't want to kind of go into spoilers for this. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. You're fighting these people that are, that are outside of, of the typical uh, domains that the rest of the Nora and everyone else is from, right? Well... There's an, Very well handled there. <laughs> there's another one. There's another one that, that wasn't part of that main group. And so you're hunting down this other guy. And that's, that's, right. that's what the story is. And so that brings you then. Silence opens it up at the start. And he says, right, well, Aloy, this other person, they're over at the Burning Shores. It's, uh, it's a place to the far west uh, that was LA. You're going to have to go over there and, and deal with this. And she's like, yep, yeah, right away, silence. And so she gets on, gets on the back of a, uh, of a sunbird or whatever it is and flies over there and, and Bob's her uncle. Now, I suppose good things about it, good things about it is that the graphics are insane. Easily the best on the PS5, 100%. Shits all over Callisto, absolutely puts it to bed. The cloud technology is wild, absolutely insane, flying up into the sky and just going super, super high up and flying through the cloud line is something you couldn't do in the, in the base game. And now you can, you can then dive back through all the clouds, looks excellent. When you say cloud technology, I was thinking, what are they doing on the cloud? Something to do with AWS or some kind of technologies here that I've not heard about. You actually mean the the, the, the graphics of the cloud and the formations. Right, okay, okay. Not actually the cloud. No, no, very much just a case of physical clouds. They're, they're all handled excellently. Fire looks great. The, the mocap and the performances for Aloy and the cast, again, absolutely perfect. Top-notch. Voice acting, insanely good. Um, all that side of it is incredible. And the final boss fight is the best that Horizon has ever done. It's the best mission structure they've ever done. Uh, the best final boss fight in Horizon without a shadow of a doubt. Um, it's amazing. It's actually a standout in the entire DLC. The issue is, though, that it's still just Horizon 2. And there's a fuck ton of issues with it. There's just so many issues with it. You've got one mount extra, which is the water wing, which is the mount that you've seen in all the trailers. So it's the same as the same mount you have from the end of, of the base game, except now it can dive underwater. Do you even use it much to go underwater? No, not really, because there's nothing down there. There's nothing to do in the water. You still can't fight with this machine. And this is the thing that pisses me off, right? Before I had the ability to be able to take over a water wing, before I had that ability, I got into a fight with like four of them, just randomly on a beach. And they kicked my ass. I was getting my, I was getting my ass beat 
by these things. Get past it, well, like, with no health, nothing, and I've got, like, the most cracked weapons imaginable. And I think, oh, my God, can't wait till I can take over one of these. Take over one? Can't even attack. You can't do anything with it. You can't shoot little beams out from it. Nothing. So when you go under the water, what are you doing? You're just running away from other stuff that's there that could that can attack you. You think, come on, man. Why haven't they learned from this? Why haven't they given some extra control, some extra mobility, some extra chances for Aloy to do things that she couldn't do before? And I just don't get it. The game feels so restrictive compared to kind of anything. I've been playing Chia lately. And Chia is like nowhere near Horizon's kind of level in terms of graphical finesse or performance capture or anything like that. But in terms of its gameplay abilities, you've got an open textbook for what you want to do. You can glide around anywhere. You can take over anything. Anything you take over, it can attack. Take over a crab. You can go up and pinch people if you want to. Does it do anything to them? No, they don't like it. But it's not going to, you know, like, you're not going to cut someone's head off with a crab or anything. They're like, oh, that's a bloody naughty crab. But at least you could do something. Whereas in this, <laughs> you take over something, and unless it's like three of the land mounts, they can't do a goddamn thing. And it's such a waste. You would have thought it would be a perfect time to give us a storm bird, to give us some, like, crazy big, crazy big machines and just make it worth it to be able to get them to tie these machines down take them over and have them as a permanent ally like you could do in the first horizon and that's still not the case it's still on a timer even if now with the new the new perks it's a longer timer but still a timer so all it did going back to this it was enjoyable but it's made me dislike horizon more than i did coming from two because i just see even more faults and they just seem so clearly focused on just making sure the game is at such a huge performance level uh, in terms of its fidelity and in terms of the way they approaches how NPCs interact with each other and all this stuff. But they've forgotten about what makes a game fun to play, and that is that is player kind of choice and their ability to be able to move around an environment. Why can't you climb everything in this game? It makes no sense. Why don't you have, like... I don't know, some little ice picks or something like you do in, uh, in the VR game. You could just climb and scale anything. You can't. you still got to scan an environment and then climb up the yellow lines that are all written around the environment. It's like, oh, it just feels so old. It feels really, really outdated design. And uh, I'm really looking forward to them going away, taking some time to think about how they can make this game more fun. Because there were times where, even with a couple of new weapons that you have, uh, you get like kind of some future tech weapons. Um, you get two of them in this game. Um, and I thought they may solve my issues in terms of combat, feeling just really samey and repetitive. And it doesn't really do enough. And I see people raving about this DLC. It's because the ending, that end quest is so, so good. That it ends on such a high. But the journey up through up until that point is kind of just exactly what you, 
of what you come to expect. And there's, there's nothing really there that makes it stand out from anything we've had uh, for the rest of this generation. And so to me, it still plays very average at best. And it's, it's a damn shame, really. So even though you can't play it right now, uh, Mr. Hoy, you're not really missing too much, if I'm honest with you. Uh, the, the ending's excellent, and the characters are great, and the story's good, but that's all that Horizon is at the moment. And I, in my opinion, it could be so much more than that, and this DLC hasn't changed that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of really happy that you've said that, and at the same time, I am really sad, because when we reviewed uh, Horizon 2 like most of our criticism was around combat now this was kind of like an open goal for them moving into this game because it wasn't just us shouting and screaming saying the combat is dead in this game it's just boring repetitive simplistic you know the the use of weaponry in this game compared to the original version of horizon it's it's a downgrade very much so now having a mount that you can take underwater all they needed to do was just add on some missile launchers or something, I don't know, some underwater attack. That's all they had to do. And now you have water combat, right? And it just bridges the gap then between swimming about, running away, or just going around shooting some lasers or something underwater. That's all they had to do, wasn't it, really? And they've already got to a quite a high level. Obviously, you're talking about the graphics, you're talking about the story interaction. They didn't need to continue with that, did they? Because that was already on a 10. They just need to upgrade something else. And it just sounds like, well, actually, they just decided to show off and take it to 11 with that final boss. Yeah, it, it very much feels like as if they were like, right, well, I, I, I feel like, and Gorilla have always kind of been a bit guilty of this, that they've always put like kind of graphics and, and their kind of presentation kind of above everything else. And Killzone was always slated for this. You know, it was always touted to be like the Halo killer. And it never was because... Killzone was more kind of realistic if you can have a space-fearing, um, <laughs> space-fearing, you know, ultra-Nazis against, you know, the, <laughs> against anyone else, right? Um, but it was like a heavier game. And because it was so heavy to play, it turned a lot of people off. I really quite liked it. And it felt very different and I quite liked it. But I can certainly see why it wasn't superior to Halo because it didn't play as well. Like, no way did it play as well. It was kind of clunky in a way. You know, mantling stuff took fucking ages. Uh, cooking grenades took ages. And there was loads of motion blur and, and all that stuff. And I feel like Gorilla just haven't really evolved too much with that. Like, Horizon, the original one, it was simple in the way that you had all different tools that had very different purposes. Like, you had, you know, the... Um, you, you had the, uh, like... Tripcaster. Tripcaster, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, I was thinking plasma caster. But uh but no, that's a that's a weapon. Um yeah, so I was, th I was thinking of that, and you got like the line launcher, and you got all these different these different kind of tools, right, to be able to either fight a flying enemy or fight a grounded enemy and and the different kind of traps you'd have set up. Whereas now they've built into that with having all these different environmental and um they've got environmental effects now. Uh, there's different like fire gleams in the grass that you can ignite to then blow machines up. They appear every now and again. Um, but it's just all element-based stuff, isn't it? And there's like, how many different bows do you need just so you can cover every single base so you can have your, you know, your <laughs> water damage or your ice damage or your fire damage. And it just becomes so much of just firing the same bows over and over again with different elements that you just think, Really, they could have done something better with this. And the melee combat, oh my god, the melee combat is still tragically bad. 
is still awful fighting human opponents for whatever reason you know you shoot them with like full blast laser cannon and your spear does way more damage it just makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> so um yeah it's i i think horizon um horizon and gorilla in general just need to step back a second from trying to lead in a way that fidelity just isn't everything and uh, fidelity doesn't make a game you know callisto was paramount in that it doesn't make the game the best it can be you know if the, if the game was had half the freedom that something like chia gives you it would be a, a much better game even if that came at the cost of having these instead of 11 out of 10 graphics if it was a 9 out of 10 graphics that would be a much better risk uh that'd be a much better mix than than having it just fully scaled up on the presentation side so you're saying they've just continued to put time and effort into the things they're already good at as opposed to improving in the parts where maybe they got some criticism and ultimately it's dlc and this is where they should be trying things like that yeah i think this is the chance they could really go on balls the wall and taking some risks with it and it doesn't feel like they have it feels like they've used it as a way to be able to just further stretch decima which it, you know the proof there this this engine is goddamn impressive as hell and when we get into like death stranding 2 when it's using decima christ it's going to be a visual showcase when we get to that but i just wish this team would just think about new ways to engage the player and that's what they'll need to be able to make it stand out because last year apart from winning your game with the year it didn't really win any and it's it's no it's no wonder you know com- compare that to the the games that we did have like it went up against Elden Ring and Elden Ring just plays well it doesn't look anywhere near as good but it plays so much better and and ultimately game plays while we play games right that's the main way we play so i know quite a negative quite a negative review and uh, and certainly um from what i've been seeing online certainly the outlier compared to how most people are coming away from this but i just expect more from gorilla and i just they haven't delivered as far as i'm concerned uh, i'd give it a solid if i'm being kind seven out of ten experience um solely car- carried by the plot um and that end that end level without that end level Six out of ten. See about there. Nowhere near as good as Frozen Wilds. But on that somber note, and uh, again, audience, if you've got any thoughts on this, if you really are sitting there listening to this new car radio and thinking, David doesn't have a goddamn clue what he's on about, please let me know your thoughts, feelings, opinions right into the email, psvtrust.gmail.com or any of our individual socials. And let me have it. I would love to know your thoughts on the game. And I can always bring them in to the next episode. But let's bring it on to the quick news. Quick news. Okay, you have made it to quick news. Now we're going to spice it up this week. Because normally at this stage in the show, we would do something called impossible karaoke. But I think we need a bit of a change for this episode. Okay, so we're going to go back to the old school. We're just going to simplify things right down and we're just going to nominate each other to do animal sounds. Are you boys up for that? Yeah, I am. Yeah, 
I am. It'd be How... a nice change of pace. It'd be yeah. a nice change of pace. Give Spencer a little bit of a break. Maybe he can redeem himself now because I, I know he that mentioned is. earlier that he can do a good dog impression. So that's where I'm going to start. I'm going to go over to Spencer and I'm going to nominate you for the first quick news. And I want to hear your best howl like a dog. All right. So my dog, his name's Bit. He's lovely, lovely little fella. He used to be a monster. Now he's quite nice. Especially when it's late at night, he's tired. He immediately just rolls on his back unless you stroke his belly. It's lovely. But he does this one thing, and I'm going to do it. And if he hears me downstairs, it's ropes for probably the next 15 minutes. So I can't, I'm not going to do it too loud. But what we do, we go... And you might think that sounds weird, but that's genuinely what he does. He goes... And that's beer. All right, quick news. So to kick off quick news, boys, the first bit of news we have, Spider-Man, the boy, there he is. Turns out Spider-Man Remastered is getting its own standalone release before Spider-Man 2 comes out. Anyone surprised about that? Probably not. But also coinciding with it, for free comic book day, there has been a Spider-Man 2 prequel comic debuted in the US and it's going to be coming to the UK digitally soon. So... I think it means some exciting news is going to be coming really soon for Spider-Man 2. Got to say how strange it is, really, that we've waited all this time that the only way that you could be able to get the remastered version would be if you bought, like, the ultimate version of Miles. How strange is that? Yeah. That you have to have, like, Miles to be able to get remastered Spider-Man. So strange. And it is quite good, I think, in the, in the pricing with this, that... If you already own Spider-Man and you've got a PS4 version, it's 10 quid upgrade. That's all it is. So same price I paid to be able to upgrade to that Ultimate Edition all those months and months ago it is still that. Uh, it does mean that, just like with any of the other times they've done this, if you ever redeemed it as part of PS Plus or PS Extra catalog or anything like that, it won't work. You won't be able to pay the £10. You'll have to have the, the actual game. So the best thing you can do... Just go out and buy the PS4 version if you don't have it already. Get it for like, you know, fiver down the market. And then just pay the 10 quid just to upgrade it. And it's well worth it. It looks so, so impressive. You know, with the, the 4K, the ray tracing, all that stuff. Well worth the money. If you haven't done it already and you want to go back, highly recommended. Huge. Fair points. Fair points. This is exactly actually what I did with Uncharted to get Legacy of Thieves collection. And then about four days later, they put it on PS Extra. <laughs> I had to do it didn't Typical. as soon as I bought the upgrade you got that for Bastards. life now though you got that for life yeah I do I do but moving on I'm going to be passing it Phil as you passed it to me I guess I'll pass it to Davey Davey my friend I would like to hear your best impression I think you might have done it before so I'm going to do it a bit different a hippopotamus because I think I was going to give you an elephant but I think you've done one before many episodes ago so I'm giving you a hi hippopotamus Okay. Starting easy then. Oh my God, yeah. really hard. <laughs> I've sure given I you win. a dog. Davey, you do a hippopotamus. <laughs> <laughs> right, hippopotamus. I, I know what they sound like, but it's, it's a very guttural sound. And you're probably going to think this isn't a hippo, but it is. All right. So just imagine you're on your boat, you're in your kayak. And what you didn't realize is these things, they kill more people than any other creature, apart from maybe mosquitoes, right? 
And so you're there just hanging out, you you're rolling all out along, and then all you hear is <laughs> and that's it. And then it's got you, it's got you. And you're dead. You're gone, mate. There's no coming back from that. There it is. Quick news. Quick news. Haunting sound. Haunting. Final Fantasy 16, one of the games I'm most excited for this year. It's got themed console plates and a DualSense bundle, which are on the way. Now, this was announced as part of PlayStation Japan and being put on the blog post for there. And I got to say, these controllers and faceplates, ooh, they're looking very nice as far as I'm concerned. Have you guys put your eyes onto these? Any thoughts on, on this bundle at all? Are you looking at it with a bit of jealousy like I am for these Japanese people that can just buy this straight away? I have seen them, yeah, and they are particularly nice, even for someone who isn't a, a Final Fantasy fan. Now, what I'm excited about, though, this does open the door to themed plates and themed handsets. I know we had the God of War one um, earlier this year, but outside that, I don't think we've had many no, themed plates. This would be the first themed plate, correct? Yeah, yeah, the first one since then. So it's the second one we've had, the second lot of kind of mm -hmm. game-themed plates, yeah. So interesting times ahead. I wonder if we're going to get a Spider-Man 2 one, possibly. Oh, you've got to think so, right? It seems like they're reserving it for the biggest of the big games. The ones that are really, really tied in with PlayStation, really kind of these marketing deals that are cooked under, you know, judging by what they were saying when, when this deal was cooked up for FF16, where PlayStation have helped them to be able to develop the game and get out of the door, right? This game ain't going over to the Xbox family anytime soon. So, yeah, why the hell not have a bundle for it? And what a game to do it with. It's going to be selling like hotcakes, this game. Now, do you think, though, they will sell it as a themed PlayStation to start off with? A lot like they used to do with the PS4 generation specifically, because I've got a Death Stranding PS4 Pro with the handprints on the side, um, but I have to buy the whole PlayStation to be able to get that that those prints on the side of that i couldn't buy those separately so i'd imagine playstation if they're wise they'll probably release the plates as part of a deal where you have to buy the playstation and then later on down the track you might be able to buy them separately well what they've done for this and granted this is supposed to be coming west as well um but at the moment it's very much a case of you can only pre-order it through the uh sony direct uh through the J japan site right but apparently right. we've had confirmation that it is coming west as well just no date given to that just yet. But uh, at the moment, you could buy the controllers. You could buy the controller. You could buy the plates on their own. Or you could buy the PlayStation 5 with the plates and the controller as like a big bundle. So you can kind of choose and, and piecemeal it, which is quite nice, rather than it being a case of, no, you have to buy it with the plates, um, which would obviously knock us out from doing that. Yeah, it's kind of... I can't imagine them actually releasing the console with the plates pre-attached because it's not something they've done so far i mean we've got the colored plates sure but you have to buy a ps5 and then buy the plates or buy them in a bundle like this is you can't actually just buy an ff16 themed ps5 you have to just bundle it together and then you just got two sets of plates and every single controller we've seen so far is not coming with the consoles you have to buy it separate i think they're kind of thinking this in a way if you're a big enough fan of the game and we're making excellent games you're going to splurge that 70 quid to get that new controller 
or you're going to buy these plates. If you're a big enough fan, you're going to do it anyway. We don't need to put it on the PS5. We've given you the chance to swap them out. They're just going to be like, it's an extra 60 quid that we can get off you. And I'm hoping, sincerely hoping, and I think this might actually happen, is that we're going to start retroactively seeing new controllers for old games. Because they've just released a Hogwarts Legacy one, which makes sense because it's selling like hot cakes. But I'm hoping we get some for games in the past as well. Because I would love, absolutely love a Returnal controller. Oh. And I think that would be beautiful. I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you what would you want. And uh, yeah, you're stealing my, exactly my answer would have been exactly that too. Yeah, definitely. Returnal controller would be, would be the one. That would definitely be the one to go to. Uh, Mr. Hoy, have you got any games that you think, oh, do you want? I'd love a controller for this. Maybe a Horizon one? Well, it's pretty obvious for me, isn't it? It's got to be a Death Stranding one. We have the director's cut on PS5. I've got the um, PS4 Death Stranding controller, so I need a PS5 controller to sit next to it, wouldn't I? Oh, well, let's just wait until we get to the Death Stranding 2 stuff. I imagine there's going to be a nice-looking plate for that. And, I mean, this, this would be the big thing. When we get something that's a plate that we are all really jumping for joy for, be that Spider-Man, be that Death Stranding 2, whatever Street it is. Street Fighter 6. Street Fighter 6. Whatever the case, will we do it? This is the big thing. We've always said, you know, as much as we like these plates, for myself, I send them my entertainment center, so I don't really look at it. But would I like it, though? Mmm. This is the thing, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I will or not. But watch this space, I guess. We'll see how quickly we run back these opinions and how quickly we are to jump down the, uh, the open arms of capitalism right in the face and just oh, hug it out those 60 quid plates because I'll, I'll i'll definitely do it for a venom plate that's for goddamn sure so mr hoy coming back to yourself i would like a cow keep it very easy let's start nice today you know i may have been given a you know an absolute jungle beast in the hippopotamus but i'm going to give you something nice a nice land hippopotamus give me a cow okay being very kind this is strange i was expecting some really obscure animal that i'd never even heard of and i'd have to do some sort of impression on it but no a cow okay very simplistic one most people understand what a cow sounds like but how do i elevate this how do i get your vote at the end because i don't want any more shots in the dock for episode 70 which is getting ever closer week by week and i'm thinking out what could my little game be that i'm going to put you through but i'm not going to give you any hints just yet but i've got a few little ideas that's out there but on to my impression okay a cow a cow <laughs> 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 the raging cow as you're trying to tip him over while you're playing about in the fields anyway quick news angie smets from gorilla has been promoted to head of development strategy at playstation studios guys Having been with Gorilla since 2003, so she's been around the block a couple of times, and that goes all the way back to Killzone 1. But this is quick news, and this is my quick news. I've got a two-for-one here. Gorilla have also confirmed the next Horizon game is in development. Surprise, surprise. And they are expanding that world with Aloy's next adventure with an exciting online multiplayer. Who would have thought? But that's been confirmed. So look forward to the future of Horizon. Can I just say it's awesome, really, isn't it? To think that 
PlayStation have so much faith in Gorilla at this point to have two of their members now joining like the executive committee, you know, in Herman Holst and now Angie Smets coming up from Gorilla itself. You know, both of them were Gorilla, you know, kind of bigwigs to then leading in PlayStation wider and and having this kind of this kind of big control. PlayStation must be absolutely loving everything that Gorilla are doing. They must be. There's no reason why otherwise. They're either they're working really well over there or they got great morale, or they just understand the brief that's given to them, and they're just running with it. Whatever they're doing over there at Gorilla to, to make these people, and to, it's obviously working. Whoever the next person is to step up into that, into that seat, a few years' time, lads, we can probably see them running somewhere else up in, uh, up in PlayStation, because they seem to be making a little factory over there. I think the interesting thing about this is that now that Angie's left Gorilla, it means that somebody else is going to be going in there. And sure, we already know as part of what you've already mentioned here that the next Horizon's in development. Uh, they've already spoken about this multiplayer game that they're working on, the Horizon world. And that's already been known about beforehand, before this confirmation of uh, Horizon 3. But it would be interesting to see what this new leadership does now with it. You know, what their focus is. Is their focus still very much going to be on Decima and building that up? Is it going to be a case of supporting you know things like kojima when it comes to with the decimal engine and kind of this rising tide raises all boats mentality that they have over gorilla or are they going to focus on something different are they going to really see what i want them to do which is to move away from the graphics and focus more on what makes the game the game right and and that's what i kind of hope that the next person that gets in there kind of has that mindset to think right well we've nailed this part just nail the rest of the pie. And then if we could do that, we, we're putting out a game which can contend with the best of them. That, that's what I'm kind of hoping for. Fingers crossed and amen. I hope they take some influence maybe from listening to one of our podcasts or, you know, listen to the fans, right? And, and start giving us a little bit more of what we want. I don't want someone coming in now and just continuing to, to work on the graphics, such as what you said, but really just like elevate the combat when it comes to their games. Because... They talk about this exciting new online project. You're not really going to have a good online game if the combat's bad, right? Especially being a multiplayer game. Now, if it's the same combat as Horizon 2, that game's dead already. People aren't going to be enjoying it. So uh, fingers crossed that they spend a bit of time and elevate that combat. I'm just hoping whoever does come in to kind of replace them, now that they're gone... Obviously, you boys have talked about Horizon a lot. I've never been that into Horizon. And from what you guys, namely Davey, from what you've said about Horizon, I don't feel any need to kind of jump into that world. I'm hoping someone can come in, just mix it up. Basically what you've said, we're change, make it more of a priority on gameplay or the graphics. They've already got the graphics. It looks stunning. Just make it fun. Make it something I want to play. Get me into that world. Because I'm not a customer at the minute. I'm not interested. Make me. That's what I want. Right. Moving on. Now, Spence, I gave you a relatively simplistic animal, so I'm going to give you something a little bit more difficult. I'm going to step it up. Okay. I'm going to stick to the same sort of themes, okay? So you had a dog, and you gave us a howl. But I'm thinking, I want a wolf from you. I want a real howl. I want you howling at the moon. 
bro, you're trying to set my dog off. You're <laughs> trying <laughs> to set my dog off. Ulterior motives here. <laughs> you see straight through it. You see straight through it. You're trying it. All right, well, if I'm a wolf hound at the moon, it's just kind of a bit more of a animalistic, a bit more, you got to call your pack, call your everyone in. It's got to be loud and you got to have that kind of, do like this. How? And then they all come swarming in. They're like, that's the alpha, that is. That's me. <laughs> the alpha wolf. <laughs> Everyone's shit scared of that. That's the, that's the howl of an alpha. Quick news. So, as the alpha, I'm the one who also has to deliver some sad news to the pack. I'm the one who has to break it down. And that's what I'm doing today. It appears that Sony has shut down Pixel Opus. The first party PlayStation Studio that developed Concrete Genie. Now I, I played Concrete Genie back when it was free on PS Plus. I platinumed it. it. Wasn't great. It was fun. Fun little experience. Didn't enjoy it too much. But even though that I didn't enjoy Concrete Genie, it's always sad to see a studio close down. And Pixelopus, I'm sure they could have done a lot of great things, but now they don't have the chance. So it's just sad. Pixelopus did come out and say, very, very short statement. Dear friends, our Pixelopus journey has come to an end. That's it. That's all they said. So, concrete, confirmed, final, they're shut down. Don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. It is sad. It is a sad day. I mean, they, they worked on Entwined before this, uh, which was another little game which um, had a little bit of a little bit of a following and then kind of launched and no one really said anything about it. I don't think it held up too well. Yeah, and it's it's just a, it's a damn shame, really, because they're a very small team. So the cost couldn't have been too much to keep this these guys alive. And and what was said before was they were working on um like a project that was melding like an animated project that was in the works already, and they were kind of working alongside that to release like a game with that. Whatever it was, it obviously just wasn't up to Sony standard, and they've just decided just to cut ties and walk away from them. I just hope that these game developers will land on their feet and move amongst the rest of the first party studios and find a new home. They were a UK based development studio, so I hope they find a way. There's a lot of a lot of choice out there for them at the moment. Obviously, Media Molecules going down the road. Um, so hopefully they can go in there and maybe add some talent into Media Molecules. So that'd be quite nice. Uh, they could deserve some talent over there with Media Molecule. So that's all I'm hoping <laughs> comes from the back of this. But we'll we'll go from there. I think you chuck your resume out there. Media Molecule like, yeah, we'll hire you. They say no. I think they're good, mate. Like, aren't you the guys who made dreams? Nah, I'll get somewhere else, thank you. Absolutely not. But oh, oh. and I just realised I totally, totally messed up. They're not even from the UK at all. They're from San Ma San Mateo <laughs> in California. So actually, what what I wanted to do instead, get on a plane, get over to London. <laughs> And just, just get over to Media Molecule, sort them out, please. <laughs> just fix them. I'm just trying to will it into the world, I think, more than anything else. Try and get some design over there so they can actually make a game. These guys can make a game. It might not be the best game, but if like 16 of them or whatever can go over there and make a game, then hell, that's more than Media Molecule have done the past 10 years. So, uh, <laughs> so... Well, you know, they don't they somehow don't get closed down, but these guys do. Make make it make sense, Sony, please. Damn. Fair enough. Alright. Moving swiftly on from Media Molecule's demise. Or the one should be demised. 
Davey. I was yes. a bit mean last time. I did give you a bit of a hard one. I do apologize for that. What do you think? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. I'm trying to think. What is a small hippopotamus? Like a pygmy. Pygmy hippopotamus. A pig. What Just a pig. pig. Okay. <laughs> Just a pig, mate. All right. Okay. Classic. I know pig. you're a fan of Peppa Pig. Love a bit of Peppa, mate. She's got a nice bit of attitude. She does. <laughs> she does. I thought you were going to say something else there. I know. No, yeah. I mate, thought you no. <laughs> She's got back. Nice bit of bacon, bacon. on her. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Go down the bacon line. Nice. Yeah, right. I can do a pig for you. No problems. Any any particular size of pig you want? Do you want like your farmyard pig? Or do you want like your little mini pigs? How do you want it, mate? How do you want your pig? I want a right daddy pig, mate. All right, big beefy pig. All right, this works with my, my voice being like it is right now. I don't know if I'll be able to snort. <laughs> Jesus Christ, did it kill me? <laughs> Quick news. <laughs> oh. PSVR 2 is actually coming out for its full live launch on the 12th of May because it's coming to a store near you, baby. I started getting these advertisements come through from Shop 2, from everyone, telling me that PSVR 2 is finally leaving PlayStation Direct exclusively and coming across to everywhere. So, you can expect, ladies and gentlemen, to see there be a shed load of news for PSVR 2 to be on the way. You don't just do this with nothing to go behind it. And the first piece of the puzzle for this has come in the form of Hubris. Now, Hubris is a game which originally launched on the 7th of December 2022, so 7th of December last year, on Steam, and it was available on a shed load of different VR platforms, and it is now gracing the PSVR 2 in May. And with that, it's coming with all the things you would expect to have. So it's got foveated rendering to make the performance better on the eyes, so that as you're looking around, the environment's load with where your eye tracking is. Uh, you've got the uh, haptic feedback built into the controllers. You've got all the lovely little nice bells and whistles the PSVR 2 give to the VR experience, already coming to a game which is renowned as being one of the best-looking VR experiences. Now, when I've looked into Hubris, and I've done a bit of research into this, this, um, this game is about four, five hours long, so perfect length for VR. Uh, as far as a single-player uh, action-adventure game goes, you just sit down, four or five hours in, clock out, and you're done. Lovely, lovely time. Now, the critiques for this game were very much a case of that it didn't seem, when you were playing it, the AI wasn't that great, and kind of interactivity around the environment wasn't all there. So even though it looked like a AAA game, it definitely wasn't when you got under the under the hood of it. But from what they've said on the PS blog post, we can expect that when this comes to PSVR 2, they've done a lot of work to improve on that. And so it should be kind of like the ultimate experience. So if you have a PSVR 2, or if you're waiting for it to come to a retailer, so you can get it in like a pay-in 3 or anything like that, great. This is your time to do it. This is a title that you do not want to walk past. Looks phenomenal. And if my May wasn't already stacked as is with content, I would be jumping in. Unfortunately for me, it's going to have to wait a little while. 
haven't even caught up on all the PSVR 2 stuff we had from launch. So I will get to it before the end of the year. Don't know when. I don't know how you feel about this one, though, Spence. For one, I think it's fantastic that PSVR 2 is just generally in retail now. Just get that off first. I think it's great. A lot of people, there's a lot more ways to buy this now. Because PS Direct, when it was the only way, just a lot of people just didn't want to. It was a nightmare. Being able to actually go pick one up, paying three, clawing that bitch, baby. It's great. Do whatever you want. Way easier to get. I was going to ask you guys, when was the last time you picked up your PSVR 2? <laughs> for me, for me, it's been about three weeks. And uh, the sole reason is I've just been trying, trying so hard just to get content out for YouTube before I go on holiday. So I'm just sweating away at different things. I just haven't had chance. And the unfortunate thing is, when you're feeling rough with flu, last thing you want to do is put like a helmet on your head. Like, no way. Don't want to be going into a virtual world. I don't want to be kayaking. I'm already, I'm sweating just sitting here. You know, I don't need to be sweating up a storm kayaking down a mountain or anything, you know? I don't need any of that nonsense. So it's, it's very much, it's on the box next to me. But it's been about three weeks. I dived in to uh, check out a tiny bit of the Star Wars game that I got installed and uh, didn't play for, for too long because I was like, oh, I really should be working through Dead Space 1. And uh, that's the way it is. How about you, Spence? Are you getting your money's worth at the moment? Uh, for me, I haven't played it in probably like a month, month and a half. And uh, I, unlike Davey, I have no excuse. I've just been... Well, I've not really been playing games much other than games with Davey or games with the three of us or Street Fighter 6. Because Street Fighter 6 has been eating up all my time. But prior to that, I just didn't. I was too busy with moving into my new room, sorting everything out, uh, going out on the PES, just freaking doing anything else. And I have been really keen. You can see probably my wheel is right behind me, my Grand Turismo wheel. Uh, I've got loads of games, got Pavlov installed. I still want to... Now that I'm in this room, I have so much space that compared to when I was in the attic and I couldn't move forward or back because I'd smashed my head on the roof. Now I actually have the room for VR. So I'm hoping prior to Street Fighter 6, I can get some time in on it. But honestly, I doubt I will because there's so much going on and I'm just going to keep playing that demo. And as soon as Street Fighter 6 comes out, I will not be in VR unless it has a VR mode and I can look at Kami well close. <laughs> everything leads back to cami whatever conversation we're in you mm. find some way to slot cami in don't you so the reason i asked this and now that psvr2 has come into retail i was thinking would this be the time that i would buy a psvr2 especially with this new game it sounds interesting i think really you gotta you gotta take a judgment call on your own time and at the moment you know with the fact we got final fantasy 16 coming out and Street Fighter 6 and Diablo kind of at the same time. I don't think now is the best time to be able to dive in. I think if you were like a kid and you had unlimited time or there was a very like bleak couple of months, it would be great to jump into VR because, you know, there's like five or six different experiences now that you could play and you could have a great bit of time with. And something like Pavlov doesn't end, you know, it's a, it's a multiplayer online shooter. So you could just play that in Infinitum uh, alongside Gran Turismo. <laughs> but, uh, still think it's back. It's always coming back, baby. I mean, looking for a way to bring it back. Yeah, and so you could play those games, you know, until the cows come home. But right now, you'd be in the same boat that me and Spence are, 
where Spence might just be bad at playing games in general at the minute um, and finding it hard to finish any of them. You know, you haven't finished uh, Dead Space 1 or uh, RE4, right? <laughs> Mate, or I didn't platinum straight. I haven't finished Last of Is Us that 1, a button? my favourite game. That was a button, yeah. Oh, 100%. 100% oh. button. We've passed it now, haven't we? Have I got past it? Uh, is it too late now? No. No. No, 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 that is a button. No. Even if we caught it in post, in editing, we'd come back next episode and say that was a button. Oh. I am adding it to the dock as we speak. I'll hit the goddamn button. Resident Evil. Do you know what? I went into this. I, I haven't lost like a quick news in such a long time. And I was thinking, oh, I'm on such a good number going into this. I looked at the recent tally. And it's looking pretty savage for me on this next one. <laughs> it's looking pretty bad. <laughs> so I think if anyone's going to not make it through next episode, it's going to be me, you know, judging by this. Do you want an update on the scores? Uh, yeah, sure. Go for it. Go on. Okay. For our listeners, our viewers, currently, Davey, you have five shots in the dock. Oh, that's not too Spencer, bad. Spencer, you have five shots in the dock. Oh, nice. I have two, but then I also won the big quiz on 60. So I've got five to give out yeah it's gonna be a lot of shots a lot of shots that's not too bad oh, five i always forget about bad. those five ain't too bad you know even if i gotta do 10 that's not that's not that bad i can i can man up through that i'll be okay i'll survive my way through that i'll just have to make sure i'm I drinking will. bud light <laughs> use my trick yeah bud light yeah. and apple sours yeah it's always gonna happen be baby um but yeah i think the the issue is going back to it is that I think right now, if you're a gamer that's interested in any of those big games coming out in June, now is probably not the best time to dive in. Uh, if you're not interested in any of those, if you're not into the FGC, you're not interested in Street Fighter, not into Diablo, then really, you've only got Final Fantasy, which is 35 hours, and that's it. You've got freedom. So yeah, why the hell not? Perfect time for you. Go for it and enjoy yourself. And if you can get it, as Spencer was saying, you know, get the Klarner on that bad boy. You can really just spread the cost out as far as you want to and make it as affordable as you possibly can. And it won't be long before retailers will start giving, you know, kind of working against each other to be able to kind of undercut the costs. And I've already seen different things where like the PlayStation Edge has been going for way cheaper than they originally put it out for, uh, just where they've got them in the back and they want to get rid of them. So, you know, this is what is great about when it goes out to the wider retailer and it means that mum and dad can just go pick it up from toys r us or you know somehow dig up an old toys r us somewhere because <laughs> they are unfortunately gone oh i love you still love toys r us back in the day but yeah good news all round for us psvr2 people okay so let's move this show on shall we spencer i'm gonna flip this crazy circle i'm gonna bring it over to yourself and you know what as you were so kind to me with the hippopotamus. Do you know what I'd like, my friend? I'd like a leech. Just like you leech off me all the time, you goddamn parasite. Give me a goddamn leech. Goddamn. <laughs> I'm not actually angry with you at all. But yeah, give me a leech. That did get me my job as well. That's wild. <laughs> Drinking all my milk. What's gone on between you two boys? <laughs> give, me, give me that... You're coming over here drinking all my bloody 20 quid lilt when you're over here on my tango fruit blast. 
listening. You said you wanted me to take. Give me a leech, mate. Give me a leech. (laughs) That was wild. Right, but I'll do it. I'll do it. I think all it would sound like a leech. Leeches don't make a lot of noise, but they do do two things. And that's they're slimy. And they suck. (laughs) So it's going to be like, they suck. So it's going to be like, Christ. Ah, yummy. Quick news. <laughs> so we have for you guys, you listeners, you watchers, and you boys, we have the PS Plus Essential games for May. And those are as follows. We have Chivalry 2, which we mentioned earlier. We all gave our opinions on the game. It's not good. For the PS4 and PS5. We have Grid Legends for the PS4 and PS5 as well. And we have Descenders. For the PS4, Grid Legends being a racing game, a lot of people are probably familiar with the Grid IP, and Descenders kind of being a BMX racing game, skill game, I'm not entirely sure, but it's a BMX game, and that one is only for the PS4. Now, these games are already out, so if you do want to get them, get them while you can. They won't be on a service forever, they're only on Essential. They're only available till, what, the first Thursday of next month, I think is the way it works. So, get them whilst you can. I'm not going to say some great games, but there's there's some games there. Do you reckon Grid's going to work with our wheel? I tried looking on the menu and I couldn't see anything about it, but then I didn't bother to go as far as to actually look it up and and to see if it did or not. Because that would be quite interesting. If it does work with our wheel, it'd be worth giving it a go and diving in. Um, I think it will work with the wheel, but obviously it won't have the VR capabilities that Gran Turismo has. No, no. So... It, although it's more of an arcade racer than Gran Turismo, so it would be fun on its own right, but it wouldn't be the same kind of experience that we'd get from Gran Turismo. So, I mean, it's up, it's up to the user. If you want, if you have a wheel, give it a go. I'm sure it will work with, worth a shot. Let us know. Let us know, listeners. If you have a wheel and you like Grid, let us know if it works. We're not going to bother looking it up because it's Grid Legends <laughs> and we've got Gran Turismo. We don't care that much. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> but right true, in. True. <laughs> right into the socials. Let us know. Yeah. We appreciate it. <laughs> but moving on. So, Davey, you passed to me, so I'm going to Phil. Mr. Hoy, I would like to hear your best impression. Everyone likes these. A little frog. A little frog. Okay. Yeah, love frogs. I think this is payback from the last podcast. I think I gave you a frog, actually, and you didn't rib it once. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Right. Little ribbit. I think for a frog, I might try and get into character a little bit, okay? And I'm not going to paint myself green, but I'm going to try and sit like a frog to see if the ribbit comes out, right? So You'd win if I you did. Do it. Here we go. I'm not going to fall off my seat. It is a little bit unsteady. All right. I'm on my lily pad now. All right? Can't really see it on the screen, can you? That was a lot of effort for absolutely nothing. Now I'm just a little bit uncomfortable as I ribbit. 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 I'm a frog. Quick news. So guys, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. We have been treated to a gameplay trailer. Now, if you, like me, love big hulking mechs, destroying the galaxy and taking over the world, 
rockets and firing big rocket launchers and missiles and fighting each other. You'll be excited for when this launches on Xbox One, Xbox Series, PS4, PS5 and PC. It's coming to absolutely everything on August 25th. Okay, flying over to you, Davey. Now, the two animals that you've had, a hippo and a pig, quite similar animals in some way. They're big hulking beasts, aren't they? they quite are. fat animals. Yeah. So I want to stick along the same kind of track here. Now I'm thinking, when I went to the zoo, there was like a giant guinea pig, but a big fat one. Oh. And that's what I want from you. I want a capybara. Okay. Right, well, I know what they look like. I can't say I remember exactly what they sound like, but I imagine they're going to be very similar to like a guinea pig, <laughs> just a bit bigger, right? I imagine they're going to do a squeak. So <laughs> I'll give you two two types. I'm going to give you a male capybara, and I'm going to give you a female capybara. And I imagine okay. this is probably going to two do for both one. ways, right? So the female is going to be a bog-off like, deal. It is. It definitely is. The female capybara is going to be like, squeak, 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 And the male is, squeak, squeak, squeak. Squeak, 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 squeak. Capybara. Oh, dear, dear. Well, I've got a nice little bit of quick news for you guys. And this is a little bit I saw on Twitter and I... it. It just made me smile, and I thought it's going to make someone smile out there, I'm sure. Have you ever wanted to be able to fertilize human eggs before, but with a robot? Well, if you were thinking, mm, yes, always be my dream, but I don't know how to drive a robot. Well, you don't have to worry about it, because as a report by MIT Technology Review, this guy in this little up-and-coming firm in Spain I realized a way to be able to do it using a PS5 controller. So for all you losers that have no chance of inseminating a woman in real life, you can now use a robot and control a robot so you can technically have sex even if you're not the sperm donor. There you have it. So now even you virgins with no hope in hell of ever touching a woman's parts, you can at least inseminate an egg. So you can do something. You can add some use to this wide, wide world we live in, eh? Who would have seen it coming? And at least you can do it using a PS5 controller and not some scrubby Xbox One. Turns out having your sticks like this just means you get to get in all the bits. Who would have thought it, eh? Well, I'm thinking, right, for one thing, this is great. My two favorite hobbies, playing games and impregnating women. Fantastic. <laughs> but... What are these? <laughs> like, you got to think. People are going to be taking this too far. There's going to be some mad head crap gamers whipping out their dual sense edges, trying to get trick shot freaking gun blasts. It's weird, man. As much as I think it's a great story, nice. And we're moving forward in the world and we're simplifying things. People then have ways to make it complex and make it fun. And it's just weird. I think the amount of money that it costs to be able to go through and have like your eggs inseminated, it's a lot, it's a lot of cash. Would I want somebody doing it and doing it a really easy way? Or would I like to see them do a 360 no scope and do it? 
I want the 360 no-scope version. I'm paying for that extra skill. And I want to be able to have, you know, the I want the cam footage of it afterwards. I want all of it. I want it all saved. I want the person doing it where they're literally blindfolded, spinning in their chair, doing a 360 no-scope with their hands upside down. Or eventually they do it on a dance mat. Like these people beat, you know, <laughs> beat all these souls bosses with dance mats and all, you know, Congo bongos. That's what I want. I want that. Do my insemination, please. <laughs> Or we found a use for your PSVR too. Yeah. You could do it in VR. Yeah, you could. That's the next level. You could get right up in there and see it all, couldn't you? Experience it as it, yeah, does its job. Inseminates that. Hmm. Yeah. And you know it's going to be streamed on Twitch. Yeah. That's wild. We're, we're ruining what is just quite a nice story, really. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we're just ru- ruining it with your seedy ways, you Dirty little bastards. Right, well, let's move this on. This circle, as we know, it doesn't flow in a straight line. It's zigging. It's zagging. It's anything but a circle. It's now a triangle. And this time, this triangle is moving back towards yourself, Mr. Hoy. Mr. Hoy, there's been some animals that have come up on this show time and time again. But we haven't had... A giant, a true beast, come up in a long time. I would like to see a blue whale, please. The king of the beasts, the biggest animal that's ever existed on planet Earth, the blue whale. I want to see you blow in that blowhole. I want to see that tail slap. I want to see the guttural noises that the whale can produce that people can hear from miles away. I don't think you even need the mic there. I want to be able to be able to open my window and hear it echo across the hills over Cambran. The blue whale. Let's hear this majestic creature. Get ready. Now, I've heard that whale song, though, can put people to sleep. So, boys, get your sleeping bags ready, because I'm about to put you to dreamland with my whale sound. I'm a whale. I'm a whale. Blue whale. Blue whale. Big, fat, blue whale. Quick news. So I've treated you to one gameplay trailer. Now I'm treating you to a trailer of a different type. It's a movie trailer of this one. We've seen the first little snippet of Twisted Metal, and this will be streaming July 27th. Now, it's a good trailer because they use one of my favorite songs, and it's always a song. I hear and things and think, I should listen to that again. And it's a little song called Len, Steal My Sunshine. Do you guys know that song? It's a beautiful song, isn't it? And that was the best thing about the trailer, really, for me. i got to say, the trailer didn't really wow me, if I'm honest with you. Um, Anthony Mackie looked a little bit too smug for me in that trailer. He looked super, super happy. Yeah. I was thinking, surely this isn't a good time to be involved in, in this kind of death race. Surely not. But he seemed pretty chill to be going up in there, even if, you seemed know, well yeah. you know there, there was uh, shooting machine guns out the front of it and stuff, which is exactly what you want out of your death machine car. So, but yeah, the, the music, got to say, the music didn't work for me. I would have wanted it to be a little bit more heavier, you know, a heavy metal soundtrack, maybe something a little bit like grungy or like kind of like the theme tune for Duke Nukem, like Megadeth's 
theme tune. That's what I wanted. Something like really like something just really hardcore. Whereas it was just quite a happy trailer, really. And like it just didn't vibe. Don't know about your thoughts. You wouldn't on have thought Davey used to be in a band. <laughs> Did, that was lifelike. That I thought that was. I thought Megadeth were playing Faded in Black, my coming back. <laughs> they were. <laughs> they were. They were. I might, I might get super Megadeth. What did you think about it, Spence? Uh, I mean, uh, I, it is what it is. I watched the trailer. It looks all right. It's weird seeing Anthony, Anthony Mackie and stuff now that he's, you know, well, he's a new Captain America. It's just, it's weird seeing any of those MCU actors in other things now. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't gel with it too much. I think it looks it looks fine. I'll definitely watch it when it comes out. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm, I don't really have an affinity for Twisted Metal. I never played them. So this movie could teach me a lot of stuff. I don't think it will because it's just death racing, really. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of just watching it thinking, what is he doing there? Anthony Mackie. Seems out of place. But I'm hoping it's good. I don't really have anything else to say about it. Okay, with that glowing review of Twisted Metal, we'll move it on. We've got to tot up the scores, guys. And the same as we've always done within Quick News, we need to lift the winners up on the cheer of success to look down on the losers. Well, the loser that we vote at the end. And that person will get a shot in the dock for episode 70. Okay, so I'm coming over to Spencer first. What was your favourite of tonight? Let's elevate. Let's be nice for once. Nice. Okay. The issue was my favorite of the night wasn't a good impression. That's fine. Totally it was just fine. funny. And that's why I'm glad that there's no actual reward for winning. But it does go to Davy's Capybara. Or Capybaras, <laughs> I have to say, because he did two. He did both sides of the coin. And when I heard the female, I was a bit let down. I was like, oh, it's not a very good squeak. And then the male came out. <laughs> squeak! <laughs> and the male won it for me. The male was class. Definitely not what they sound like. A terrible impression. <laughs> but I, I found it so funny. So it's probably my winner for the night. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Nice. How about yourself then, Davey? Who was your favorite of tonight? My best. I, I wanted just to give somebody a leech, right? I wanted to give anybody a leech. And I thought, oh. The uh, best way I could do it is just by insulting somebody just randomly. And so, Spence, it landed on you, and uh, and you took it in good faith, and you gave the kind of suck job that I could only wish that I would I would get in my life. That seems like, you know, we were talking before about what a crab lady would do to you, and we were talking about, like, that toe curler. Mate, the kind of nosh job you were giving on that suck was wild. It was like a Dyson level. It's like, holy shit, wild. So uh, all I can say is, mate, you know, if we cross some some kind of, if we get stuck on desert islands, just you and me, no females for years, if you go over to the other side, I may have an element of weakness there and I might remember this moment and think, I might have to take you up on this, see what you can do, see what that mouth does. Because <laughs> it was wild. I want to say thank you, mate, but at the same time, I'm not happy with it. I'm not <laughs> happy with that review. <laughs> I don't appreciate that at all. I'm, I'll take, I'll take it, but I'm not happy. He's almost giving with one hand, so he's giving you the point, but he's also taking with the other because now that's a memory that 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 could happen, right? Yeah. You've got that picture it's now a, in your head. It's a threat for if we ever get stranded somewhere that you can think, oh god, he might want this. He might ask this from me. 
Are, are you going on holiday with Avi anytime soon to those remote islands in Bermuda? Not now, mate. I might have been before. <laughs> no, I'm not. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no, but well done, mate. You really gave it your all, and uh, and it showed through. It was a uh, great, great suck. <laughs> Thank you. All right, move on from that, mate. Phil, who is your winner for the night? Okay, my winner, and this might be a turn up for the books, fans, because I'm going to give you the vote. I really hey. enjoyed your wolf. I thought nice. that was very accurate, and you, you gave us the full emotion of the wolf. You even gave us a little pose. I, I could see that. that. That was realistic. If I closed my eyes, I was in the room with a wolf, and then I opened them quickly, and it's you. So yeah. I was pretty happy, right? I didn't want to be stuck in a room with a wolf. That would be terrible. So you have won quick news. Well done, Spencer. But sorry to tell you this. It means absolutely nothing. So let's move on to the losers. Now, this does mean something. Whoever gets the votes will get a shot in the dock for episode 70, as I said. So, Spence, coming over to you. Who was your worst of tonight? And give me the reason why. Sure. Sorry, mate. Can you remind me of what all of them were again? Okay. So, Spence, tonight you treated us to a dog, a wolf, and a leech. Davy. You gave us the hippo, the pig, and the capybara. And then for me, I gave you a frog, I gave you a cow, and a blue whale. Ooh, it's quite hard, actually. I think we had a lot of good impressions tonight. I think when we dumb down the idea of what we need to do, we can deliver. Because, let's be honest, I don't win normally. And I'm not too happy with my win tonight, especially with what it's apparently led to. <laughs> I'm only human. So what I'm going to have to do... Yeah. <laughs> I got needs. Yeah. I've been married ten years. It's been a long time. <laughs> I it's not me, mate. Anyone else? I think for my loser, I'm gonna have to give it. To be fair, I, I did you dirty with it. Did you dirty? But I don't actually know what a hippo sounds like and I don't think that's it. You okay. made you pulled your cheeks and you turned your face into that of predator with the Fang saying, are you like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I saw a predator rather than a hippopotamus. And granted, they probably kill the same amount of people every year. But I don't think they make the same noise. So I'm going to give you the hippo, mate, as the loser. Fair enough. Fair enough. Moving on to yourself, Davey. Who was your worst of tonight? Um, My worst, my worst is the blue whale. And it's because the whale song I thought was good. I thought the whale song itself this is a blue whale. You know, I was expecting there to be some power behind that. And it was just quite nice to listen to. Whereas... Gentle animals, mate. Very they're, gentle animals. They're big. They're big. And I was expecting to be like... Like, like say you're at a distance, right? And you're like... <laughs> to be like, like Jesus Christ! It's not a bloody horror film, but he's jumping out from behind the curtain, mate. Me and me and ah, that's blue whale. Me and that's not a blue whale, mate. <laughs> me and Spencer, we were uh, well, we were getting ready for kayak VR. I was watching a lot of like whale videos and in preparation for what I'd let myself in for. And this is one video I remember I forwarded over to Spence. And it's this, like, this giant whale that just comes out of nowhere. And it's, like, booming out. And everyone's like, 
<laughs> like going like crazy from it, like going deaf. I was expecting something like this, right? And instead, it was just quite a nice, relaxing, like a little. I just I wanted it to be bigger than that for the for the blue whale, you know, not a minky. It's in a tiny whale. Well, still pretty big. It's a colossal beast. <laughs> so that's why that's why I didn't quite get there for me. I'm afraid. Next time you'll have to give me measurements of exactly what I'm trying to do there. I, I was thinking, you know, the gentle giant, just give you something soothing, put you to sleep, maybe get a bit of a, a puff of water out his, uh, out his spout. Of course, that's a technical term for the, uh, the top of the uh, top of the whale. <laughs> out his spout. But I'll take that. I'll, I'll, I'll take the L on it. I'll take the L on my whale, unfortunately. But you have set me up, Davey, and uh, I might sound a little biased. But I'm going to vote you as the worst of tonight. It was already marked in my uh, in my Word document that I keep on the side because I really didn't enjoy your hippo. I thought there was a lot more you could have done with a hippo. Much like my whale, you could have given us a little bit of drama. Okay? So you could have flapped his ears. That's a famous hippo thing to do. I know they're on top of his head, but they make the noise, don't they? That's a thing that I would have thought. I would have gone to with a hippo. And maybe the big yawn as he comes up and the big jaws. None of that. So... Unfortunately, you're taking the L tonight. I think you might have got an elephant and a hippopotamus mixed up there. Uh, they got tiny little ears on top of their head. Yeah, the little ears that go like that. They do flap. Tiny, do flap. yeah, tiny. You but ever seen a like hippopotamus? They like I have. Ears. I did. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I did a um, an accurate hippo Im- impression, which I'm sure we'll add in in post to see the difference between the two but <laughs> but it is what it is i'll i'll take the else quite nice to be able to add another one to the dock uh, for myself and it's my first loss i think since episode 61 i think it was the last time i 62 lost. you lost i lost 62 did i it's been a long road i lost then. 61 Ooh, oh so it's been a long while so i'll take that add it to the dock and i will certainly enjoy that limoncello when I get there, that's for damn sure. But let's move it on to the topic. Stop! Topic time! So guys, after after Davy's loss in quick news, thank God, thank God it wasn't me, we finally made it to the topic. And what a topic we have for you listeners and watchers. The console war, which seems to kind of only exist on Twitter, is now just kind of formally in existence with Jim Ryan and Phil Spencer. And Phil Spencer, the first to come out, he was in an interview recently where he kind of talked about due to Redfall kind of the state of Xbox at the moment and the sour launch that Redfall has received and now we've got kind of more information on Phil Spencer's perspective of Xbox and kind of how they how they're doing and just kind of how he's comparing his system to the others and this is a long interview about hour and a half massive but there are some key points that came out and I think what we're going to do It's just have an open conversation and we can bring in whatever points we want to discuss, what stood out to us, kind of what we think everything means and how this affects, obviously we're PlayStation gamers, how this affects us and maybe try and think from an Xbox player's perspective what their thoughts might be on this. So I'm sure Davey, you've got a monologue saved up in that brain of yours. Lay it out. Um, Sure. Okay. Well, first off, I want to say um, kind of funny, they did a great job. I was only seeing on the last episode how my dream guest would be to have an interview with Phil Spencer. And I think they handled it in such a good way. I think they pushed where they needed to push. 
And to be fair, Phil Spencer, he came across really well. I felt that he was um, a great person to have on. He didn't come on as, didn't feel like a suit, almost felt like a real person. And that's quite difficult to do, I think, sometimes. And there was a lot of things in here which can be read in multiple different ways. And you've also got to remember that for everything we discuss here, a certain element to that, you've got to remember that there's an ongoing issue with the CMA at the moment where they blocked the Activision deal. So they don't want to look overly strong as well because you can then push back and say, you know, you can use it as, as kind of defense. We need Activision. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you've got to remember that is kind of the, the backbone to some of this as well. But really what he came out and said, and I, I've got the quote here, uh, we want Xbox to be something that people who buy our consoles can feel like members of a full ecosystem. We're fully committed to that. We're not in the business of out-consoling Sony or Nintendo. There's not a win or solution for us. He goes on to say, for people like us who say, you know, just put out better games, uh, that it's not true uh, that if they go up and build great games that you'll see console shares go up massively. Uh, if we focus on great games, that doesn't mean we'll win the console race. And the reason for that is because he's saying that they lost the Xbox One generation, which was where the digital marketplaces were fully in place. And that because everyone flooded out and got PS4s, everyone's got their back catalog on PS4 going across to PS5. So it gives them an inherent advantage. And then no matter whatever they put out now, it wouldn't matter because the PS4 had such a good generation that there's no coming back from that now. And that's, that's the way it is, right? And that's, that's the hand they're dealt. Personally, that is the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard in my goddamn life. The biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Because, yeah, sure, the, the back catalogue helps. But how often do people go back and play their back catalogue? Not that often. They really don't. And sure, Depends. they really don't, though. You think about it. From the PS4 generation, if you've got games coming out on PS5 now, how often would people think, oh, I bought Batman Arkham, Arkham Knight on PS4 back in 2013, 2014? I can't wait to go back and play that. Not that often. There's certain games that, yeah, sure, you're playing to this day. Your Fortnites, you know, your COD Warzones. Your GTA Online's, those, right? Okay, I guess you want to have that kind of carry on. But a lot of these games now that are like these on-demand on live service games, they have, you know, cross-save, cross-progression. You can pick them up between different consoles, between different generations, between different ecosystems. I don't think that the digital marketplace, sure, is compelling to, want, to make you want to stay in the same place. And it's the reason why, for me, trophies are the thing that keeps me around and keeps me going from PlayStation to PlayStation. And I haven't been treated badly by PlayStation, so why would I want to go anywhere else, right? But to think that you don't have to put out great games and that it won't win you market share is insane. If they put out a great game, if they had like four or five great games, it would be a reason for me to own an Xbox. And that immediately, even though I already own a PlayStation, I now own an Xbox and I'm buying into their system, which I've never done before. 
But without those quality games there, I'm never going to dip my toe in and see what the other side is like. And therefore, I'm just going to be fully rooted in this place over here. Whereas if they put out something that was truly amazing over here, loads of stuff that was great, I might then, I might then go over there, try the other side, realise Game Pass is immense, realise that all these different features they have on the Xbox ecosystem are great, and then think, holy hell, why have I been spending all my time on my PlayStation when I could be playing over here with this? But I'm never going to get that experience. They don't play the games to make me want to go over and try it. The argument seems completely backwards to me. It makes no goddamn sense whatsoever. It might not be the way to win the overall console, and it might be that you will never beat PlayStation, no matter what you do. But you will certainly make an impact, because if you carry on the way you're going at the moment, you're not you'll you've been outsold four to one at the moment. The last month's console sales came out. Four to one PS5 to Xbox uh, series. That's not going to get better by putting out shit. It's only going to get better by putting out something that is a reason for you to buy it. It, it makes perfect sense. The two are completely linked. I Honestly, I completely agree with everything. Um, I think Phil Spencer has the right mindset in that he's not going to be PlayStation. We all know he's not. But he needs to think of it as, let's make these great games. And instead of beating PlayStation... Let's give gamers a reason to own both. And that is basically it. That's all he needs to do. What it is, even if he admitted he lost the last generation, which he has, and they obviously knew that, why not just chuck out games, good games, try and get something out during the shortage of PS5s? Capitalize on the fact that PS5s didn't exist. Give people wanted next-gen consoles. If you chuck out a reason to have one, people would have bought Xboxes and then they've already got one. People aren't going to just rush to PS5 when they come out. They're going to need something to play. They're just going to own both. They didn't capitalize on the PS5 shortage that existed. And there's no reason as to why they didn't really. They just had to chuck out one, one good game. Just one. And they didn't. Didn't release anything. And they also have the issue where their current strategy doesn't even lead towards buying an Xbox. It leads towards having a PC. Because there's no real reason to own it at all. Even if they chuck out great games now, the way they're releasing games currently, everyone has a good PC now. It's just commonplace. There's never been less of a time to own an Xbox than right now. And Phil Spencer, he's admitting it. Respect to him. But that strategy is, I agree, is so backwards. As What else could you possibly do then? There's literally no other strategy other than have games. People don't buy the console for the console. They buy it for the games that are on it. I don't know how in your mind you could process that making games wouldn't make people want your console. Now, I haven't seen the, the full interview, um, but what I have seen is a couple of snippets on Twitter of, of what he's been saying. And I completely agree with you guys, but obviously I'm coming in from into this from a different kind of point of view. I suppose I'm just seeing the, the highlight reel here of the mistakes that he may have made during the interview. But he comes across very well. He comes across very honest. But what you can see is that he's a man under pressure at the moment, you know. All these things are building up and building up and building up. And you can see it. He's obviously very passionate about Xbox. Obviously, he wouldn't have the job if he wasn't. But you can see... There's issues there. And that, and that came across to me in the interview anyway. But going back to your point there, Davey, we're not buying an Xbox for anything other than the games. And if the games aren't there, 
we're not buying them. You know, admittedly in the past, I have strayed away from PlayStation. I'll admit that. I did buy an Xbox One. I did have a 360. But why did I have a 360? It's because they had games on the 360. The Xbox One, admittedly, didn't get a lot of use. I bought it early doors because I was one one of the people to actually go to the launch event. I was very impressed with what went on there. So I bought an Xbox at that point. It was a bit of an impulse buy, but ultimately it didn't pay off because it didn't stay under my TV for very long. And it sits on that shelf behind me and that, and I can't imagine a time where I'll ever bring it out again. Now with the new Xbox, there's been no reason for me to buy that because there's no games for me. This is the thing, right? It's just This is it. The Xbox 360 generation was just full of, and sure, and it was the same three franchises over and over again. It was Forza, Gears, Halo. And that was what it was. But they were coming out in a good clip. And the console itself was great as well. And sure, there was, you know, red light of deaths out the wazoo. But it was really, it was much more popular than PS3 over here in the UK. Because the price point was so much lower. And it was way easier to get a hold of. And the triggers were really nice. It was a better controller than the PS3 controller. Hands down it was. And... And it, it was just lovely to use. And so whenever you go anywhere to like, we were playing a lot of FGC games back then, you know, Street Fighter 4 was huge uh, back in like 2008, 2009, and all the way through that entire game's life, lifespan was massive. And everywhere, it was all Xboxes, Xbox, Xbox, Xbox. And I had to buy Xbox controllers and you had Xbox sticks. And then you ended up buying like, what, two or three different Xbox 360s. And, and yeah, you end because up... we were running events at the time. It had to be on Xbox, didn't it? If you're playing fighting games, you have to have an Xbox, basically. Yeah. And they really cornered the market with that. But you think like it was so it was so pronounced and it was it was everywhere. It was kind of parity with PlayStation 5 that you had to buy into that ecosystem. And it was worth it to get involved in it because the system was was great and it was and it was fine even though it was it was parity with the PlayStation 3 the PlayStation 3 was outperforming it in terms of graphics and things like that um but it would like fail on certain ports and it was very much a case like it is now where people were doing comparisons of them it was everywhere back then on on PS on PS3 and Xbox 360 but there was a reason for having one because they had the games there they had Halo and Halo was sick you know and now i just i just don't get it i mean like we're always saying that we want a strong xbox right because it would bring a strong playstation out but at the moment with this kind of language that phil spencer's saying you know if they just focus on great games it doesn't mean we'll win the console race it doesn't mean you're going to win the console race but it means you have a fighting chance of doing something whereas at the moment you're just going out like a whimper it's, it's just literally it's, it's just a whisper that they even hear you could blink and you could forget there's, there's even an Xbox out there right now because they've not made a splash the entire time their console's been on the market. It's wild to think their best performing game for the last couple of years is Flight Simulator and then High on Life. And that's it. It's sad. It's sad. And if they just had better leadership of their internal game studios and they had better quality control, and they took more oversight, and they looked at something like uh, like Redfall, which had already been delayed by a significant amount to get to this point. Delay it again. You knew what you were putting out. He was saying on, on this whole interview that 
they were shocked that it, it reviewed where it did. They knew. Absolute bullshit that they thought it was going it, it wasn't going to hit to the sixes or the fives. The AI doesn't work. The AI is completely knackered. There's no way you couldn't know. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I've actually, I've watched quite a lot of gameplay of Redfall, kind of looking into it, because I heard stuff about the game. And yeah, that game's hot garbage. It's like a mid-40 game. And Phil Spencer said himself that prior to releasing their games, or what games, they actually internally reviewed the games, and they gave Redfall a low 60. And they're not going to want to piss off their boss, so they're being generous there as well. Their internal QA. They're not going to be like, oh, the game's a bloody 20 and risk getting sacked. They're going to be generous. And if they're generously giving it a low 60, it's not a good game. And when you're releasing it on two platforms, your next-gen console can't even run it at 60. It's laughable. It's so bad. The game doesn't have cutscenes. There's slideshows. No characters move in the cutscenes. The AI doesn't work. You can't break windows. You can't do any of this. The combat's bad. It's just a shame and arcane is such a good studio this is probably the worst thing they've ever made and it's the only thing xbox has had in a long time it's just rough he really come out and it really sounded to me as if you just got no confidence in the future either you know one of the one of the quotes that came out of it was was around starfield and him saying that even if it was an 11 out of 10 which he doesn't believe people would you know wouldn't would be selling their PS5s to buy it. He said that that wasn't going to happen. There was no world that that would happen, where people would be selling their PS5s to buy this game. So he doesn't believe in it. Now, he's the head. He's the figurehead of Xbox, right? He's the one that should be screaming from the top of the hills how great Xbox is. And he's saying, this game isn't going to be a full 10 out of 10 or an 11 out of 10. It's just madness. Well, he's saying that even if it is, he's saying even if it is, what does it matter? That, and, that, and that's what he's saying. He's saying, like, even if it is the second coming of Christ, people aren't going to sell their PS5s. But that's not the point, though. Phil Spencer, that it's not the point. You want it to be a case that you entice people over to play in your ecosystem. Because right now, there's no reason to even dip a toe in. And if you don't have that reason to go over and check out what the competition is doing, you're never going to change. Who knows? The, the age-old saying is the grass might be greener on the other side, right? Well, you've got to give someone a reason to be able to look over the hill and look at that grass on the other side. And if they can't give that, there's no reason to look over and, and see what the other pe people have got, you know, to be jealous of what the Joneses have. There's no reason to. And you need that. You really need that. And I hope that I really hope this was kind of more performance art from Phil Spencer more than anything else. And he's putting on this, this dour kind of this dour kind of take on it so that it goes over well with the regulators and it goes over well with the CMA and kind of all the other people that are blocking the deal going through. Because otherwise it's just depressing. Because there's just no fight in the man. Because sure you can be honest about where you are, but did that ever stop Sega? when they were going after Nintendo's lunch, when they were trying to, you know, get, get 32X off the ground and trying to get all these different things, they just kept going. And they were just really ballsy and coming out with all these crazy, crazy marketing things. But they ended up making Sonic a thing. 
And it ended up working for, uh, for Sega for a number of years before obviously it all fell apart with the Dreamcast. But I just, I really want them to just focus on getting their own stuff right. Because if they really want to look after their own market, Game Pass may be valuable, right? And it may give you a reason to be able to check out games that otherwise you never would. And there's value in that. But if everything being put into there is just a load of shit, then ultimately it just makes your whole crowd look like a laughing stock. Lewis was only on here a couple of weeks ago saying wait for Redfall. You know, and that's our next big game coming up. And now, the next one's... If Starfield doesn't hit, which now at this point, I'm starting to think, oh gosh, do I have faith that Bethesda will be able to bring this out and be able to nail this and it be the second coming of Christ? It'd be the, it'd be the Messiah? I don't know. I don't know if they can. And if they do, they're the outlier rather than the rule and you need it to be a case that the xbox studios that it stands for something and that it means something the same way that uh, an exclusive first party published playstation game is and they need more than this and i don't know if it's time that maybe phil spencer maybe used to think about getting out of the game and getting somebody else in who's got a bit more drive and a bit more fight to be able to make this a thing or not but like you said spence i, I think the the issue is that the whole strategy they've gone they've gone down now to try and make xbox viable with game pass and kind of play anywhere and all that all it's done is to just undercut the reason to ever own an xbox because like you say just play it on your pc and with with pc game pass and pay your you know, your nine ninety nine or whatever it is, play the game for that month, and then cancel your subscription and move on. And and that's what my wife does. And she's a an intermittent Game Pass player. She comes in every now and again, pays her money, plays Sea of Fees, plays whatever, bounces and goes back onto. She played Heroes of the Storm right now. She play whatever, just intermittent. She she's not loyal to anything, and you need loyalty to be able to build a, an ecosystem. You, you ain't going to build that loyalty without quality. And if you're not focusing on that quality, the, the, the end times are coming. Yeah, it's laughable. It is just laughable. I mean, they've released literally nothing. Everyone was raving about Redfall, about how great it's going to be. The, literally, there's two next-gen consoles of Xbox. Sure, the Series S is a half-step, but the Series X is a full-fledged next-gen console. The only way to play Redfall at 60 is on PC. And even then, it's still a bad game. At the moment, sure, you could own a Series S. That's fine. And that's just a way to play a back catalogue, which, like you said earlier, Davey, no one's even doing. But for Xbox gamers, the ones that are stuck on Xbox purely because of pride, that's their only choice. Literally, their only option is to just either play bad games, what, like two a year, because that's all they're releasing, or play games that came out 10 years ago. It's absolutely laughable. And I do really appreciate Phil Spencer's honesty and transparency and kind of his mindset. I don't think his, his strategy is terrible. It's the worst strategy I've ever heard of in my life. But at least he's not kind of playing it off. At least he's not like, Xbox doing fine. We're competing. Because he knows they're not. 
And I'm glad he's being upfront about it. That's what people want the most is transparency. And it's just, I want better. I don't have an Xbox. I don't have anything. I want better from them. Just for everyone else to have a good time. He says it's all about the games. He doesn't care what platform you want. Stop making consoles. Just stop. Either that or make kind of like a PC home console that you can upgrade throughout the years. Just make games. I think he can be too transparent, though, Spence. And I think he was verging on on the uh, edge of that during these uh, conversations he was having on the podcast. Because Xbox, they, for whatever reason, they, they never want to focus on games. Do they? The last generation, one of their marketing pushes was more about home entertainment and, and you wanting to like play your DVDs and things on it. And that, and that was their sort of selling point more than anything. And I'm thinking... It's a console for video games, and they seem to want to put that to the back of the reason why you would buy this console. I'm just trying to think what they would come up with next to kind of market this for it not playing games. What other things could you use an Xbox for, right? A YouTube player for your TV or something, maybe? I mean, with smart TVs, which do it anyway, it's a paperweight, mate. That's all it is. That's all anyone's actually using it for at the moment. You know, the thing about it is, right, it would be easy as hell for us to sit here and just gloat and just be like, told you. Told you. They're just, it's, it's done. Hang it up, boys. It's over, right? There's no coming back from this. This is it. GG's. Thanks for playing. Get out of the game, right? And it would be easy enough to say, yeah, go third party or whatever. But they're not going to. They got Microsoft money. They can stay in this for the long haul. What they need to do, though, lads, is come up with a new strategy. And what I'm hoping from you guys is that we can come up with just some little tips of what they need to focus on to be able to sort out the Xbox division. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping we can, we can save them. We can step in from, the, from PlayStation. We're always quick to be able to show off what we would do, what we would say, or what we would, what we would sort out when it comes to our first party. We want Bluepoint working on everything. That's just one of our examples, our many uh, famous examples. What would you want Xbox to do or what would you hope that they would do over the next year or so? Say, give it 12 months to be able to put Xbox on the right path. I want them to do what they've been telling us they're doing all along throughout this generation. They were saying it's all about the games when they first launched. They said, we're going to bring out this, we're going to bring out that. Why don't they just stick with that and actually show us some of the, you know, Show us some of these games that we've been wanting and promising. You know, Starfield for them seems to be the make or break for me, right? When we're looking at Xbox, that's where all the kind of conversation goes, right? You listen to Lewis on his podcast. That's all they talk about, the future Starfield. So let's hope it is that 11 out of 10. Let's hope I'm in a position when that comes out where I'm thinking, oh, I need to get a need to get an Xbox to play this game or PC, whatever, right? But I really want to play it on Xbox because that's where my friends are at. Surely build that community around it because that's what will make people buy the Xbox and jump on that console and play that game there is if your friends are there and the more people they can move over, the more popular it's going to get. So I'm fingers crossed that this 11 out of 10 Starfield is an 11 out of 10. So just do what you've been telling me you're going to do. Fair enough. What about yourself, Spence? Any thoughts? I think for that 12-month window you've given us, all they've done, all generations so far, is talk about the future. And that's because they're literally incapable of talking about the present. They have nothing out right now. They haven't released anything in the past. Nothing notable anyway. Just get games out. And if you can't do that, if you can't get anything out that's good, for one, actually for one, if it's a bad game, 
delay it, fix it. Do what Nintendo did with Metroid, where they said, this isn't going the way we want it to, it's bad, we're scrapping it and starting again. I think people would appreciate that transparency, which Phil Spencer is apparently just transparent as hell now, like a bloody window. Do it. Just be like, Redfall's not what we wanted it to be. It's not working out. We're going to fix it and then give it to you. We don't want to give you this half-baked experience. People would have been like, thank you for that. Sure, they'd probably be getting death threats because the internet's a wild place. But ultimately, it would have been for the better. They should have done that. Rather than just chuck out something that literally doesn't work. It's not a finished game. And if it is a finished game, it's a shit one. For now, just get something done. Like Phil said, get bloody Starfield out. Make sure it's good. And if it's not going to be good, don't bloody release it. Hold on to it and fix it and then release it. But I think for the far future, what they need to do is either... Well, I think they need to just start making consoles. Don't make any more. Just hone in on the PC market, because that's where your money is. And maybe approach Sony and just say, we want to put Game Pass on your system. Because Game Pass would be big on Sony, and they would definitely get a lot of sales on Game Pass if it was on there. That's such a massive library of games that aren't available on that console just give up just lose the war because it's sad at the minute and if they want to make money off this that's probably their actual best bet do you know what? i i think that it's a, it's a really good point with game pass i'll come back to it in a minute um i was just looking at the um xbox game studios about the, the different studios they have um under uh, under their uh care and there's some huge names here obviously you got you got id you got arcane tango the whole bethesda family um you know obsidian 343 moyang jesus christ you got like so many just heavy hitting studios you got rare christ like everyone right the initiative which was apparently going to be this quad a studio which has never done a goddamn thing tell you what they need to have they need to have support studios i think this is where sony do really well and this is something that they should take as a lesson, is that in, in an event like this with Redfall, what should have happened at some point in the past, maybe from their last, uh, the last time they had the delay, is they say, right, you need help. Let's get help for you. I, you know, Id, I know you're working hard on the next Doom or the next Wolfenstein, whatever the hell you're cooking up in the, in the back. Go over and help this team out. Go over there, send a couple of guys over, give them a hand, and let's sort it out. Or let's put some extra resource into some of these other studios and just get them. They can float around and they can support the same way that like XDev do to be able to work between like with um uh with all the the X <laughs> all the outside devs at the moment, like they do with Final Fantasy. XDev will be working with them to be able to bring that up. Or the same way that you'll have people from Gorilla will go over to be able to help uh, Kojima uh, for the Kojima team to be able to help with Death, with Death Stranding 2, right? You have a lot of cross work that goes on in PlayStation where studios will share stuff, they'll work together to be able to help raise up the overall performance or where things have got stuck or where they're not working quite well. I think they need to have that. I think at the moment, the issue that they're having with, with xbox and i could very well be speaking out my ass here but from someone who is just on the outside looking in it seems like as if they're all separate cogs working on their own separate things at the moment 
with no real oversight. That's how it appears. Because otherwise, how could something of this quality be get to the point where they think, yeah, do you know what? You don't have to delay. Let's just chuck it out. Because that's what they've done. They said, right, well, shit it out. And no one does that really anymore. They don't. You, you think about what's happened with Suicide Squad now. Rocksteady have been given a blank check to fucking sort it out. Take it back and sort it out. It isn't ready to come out. We are not putting all the money we've put invested in this out there for this just to die and for it to ruin the studio's reputation. You need to make it better. And the issue is when you've got something like Game Pass where there isn't a monetary return that's going to happen from this game ever because majority of players are going to play it as part of their rental service. Maybe it doesn't pay for them not to, you know to put this extra resource in but in terms of growing a customer base you need to have studios who all support each other and for them to feel like a family and to work together to bring everyone up and if someone like arcane are struggling like this there's so many developers developers within xbox that they could have done something to support them and and to bring it up and i i feel like they've just been let down and I feel like for me, for 12 months, 12 months to be able to sort them out, what you do is very much what, what Phil, you've been saying in terms of where's the games, where are they at? Let's take stock. Take stock of what we got over the next 12 months, what's safe to come out, where, where are they right now? This is where they have to hit. They have to be achieving for, you know, 80s on Metacritic or high 70s at the very least on Metacritic as our internal review scores. And if they're not there, why aren't they there? And let's get you help. And everyone who's got projects that are three or four years out or two, two years plus out from now, I need you just to slow down a little bit, help out everyone else. Let's all work together, pick up the slack, get these things going, get them into great, great games so that we can then say, right, well, we're picking up steam. And then sure, if that's, that means you've delayed a game by three or four months in the back end, there's no date set to some of these things yet. People don't know about them anyway. So what's the harm? You know, what's the harm in that? In delaying its game by a couple of months because they've gone out to help with Arcane or, or done some of the stuff with dirty work. It, it, might, it might suck, but if that's what it takes to be able to get things back on track, that's what it is. And then 12 months from now, you've got two or three great games that have come out and xbox is looking a lot stronger but without that if you get one game in 12 months which makes a splash that's a terrible 12 months well one game in 36 months now well insane yeah yeah exactly right i think one thing they could have done as well sorry to kind of take this away they knew what they were giving out with redfall they knew 100 percent and they still chose to release it at $70. If you know what you're releasing isn't the AAA experience everyone wants, lower the point of entry. Lower the price point. It could have been a 40 quid game, and people would not be reviewing it as harshly as they are because it wasn't that full cash point. For a £70 game, which is the highest you could possibly pay for a standalone game nowadays, you should be getting 70 quid's worth. Redfall's like 13 hours long, bad experience through and through terrible and it's not worth 70 quid that's the point people are making at the moment the big point is that it's not worth that amount of money 
If you know what you're releasing is going to let people down, just lower the price point, lower people's expectations. Say this isn't worth 70 quid, so we're giving out 40. The issue is though, everything prior to this, it was ending conferences. It was a conference ender. The same way you'd end it with like God of War, right? This is their version where it's like, right, well, this is, this is going to end, this is going to end our consoles. It ended their E3, you know? Like this is the big game for us. The first game that was the next gen, the next gen game for Xbox, the first one. And this is what they got. So something needs to change. Um, Phil, have you, have you got any, anything more you want to you wanna go through on this one? Sure. Well, I, I'm just looking at the roadmap for the future. There is some big titles coming up. So the future is there. The, the games are there. They do have some amazing IPs that I would be excited to play. You know, they're going to bring back Fable. They're going to do a new Gears of War. The Elder Scrolls. Kojima is going to be making an untitled Xbox game. Now, that could be good sometime in the future. So they've got all this in, in, in the pipes, right? It's all coming, but it's just not coming quick enough. And as Spencer mentioned earlier, we've just got to hope that they, you know, spend the time, spend the effort and actually make these games good. Because if one of those big names comes out now and flops, people are just going to pile on. And yeah, that's the demise of Xbox really, isn't it? And I don't want that. I, I want a competitor and I want them to be good because it only makes us better. 100%. Now, um, f- final thing, I suppose. Spence, you, you said about uh, Game Pass coming across to PlayStation. And I yeah. imagine that would be that would be something that uh, PlayStation would not allow, I imagine, uh, to start with. They'd have to find a way to be able to bring it over and have it work in the same way that like Ubisoft services worked um so ea play kind of uh, thing yeah like ea play where it'd be like a separate subscription membership that you have so playstation get a rip for game pass so playstation get 30 percent of whatever game pass makes right and they get 30 percent of that on their system and if xbox were happy with that i could see that being something that could be a goer the only thing is it would have to be a very limited service because you wouldn't be able to have it you know like games which are kind of on sale on the sony kind of marketplace that are already free on game pass for example like atomic heart came out exclusively on we came out free on game pass didn't it whereas it didn't on playstation so would you allow that probably not you'd want it to be a case that it's only like their exclusive xbox owned ips and, and and that kind of stuff that is the Game Pass, like a Game Pass light, almost, rather than a full thing. Well, that's kind of uh, what I meant with, obviously, when I said, in them doing this, they need to also just stop making consoles. So what it would be is they'd stop making their own consoles, just dive into software, which is fine, just keep the games going to PC. But I know Sony would have some issues, so what they should do is stop day and date. Stop day and date games couldn't happen sony would never allow it and then the issue is because it's on ps5 and microsoft are spending so much more time on these games they don't actually need to release more games because they're going to be making money from game pass being on playstation anyway because these players have never had these games they genuinely would just be making money they'd have more time and more resources to spend on these games and they then even if they're exclusive games for xbox they wouldn't be anymore 
they could just help Sony. They could be exclusive for Sony, not launch day and date and release at the full price point. And then obviously eventually go to Game Pass. Sony wouldn't need their games going to Game Pass. They could still make their money that way. I mean, I'd, I'd hope that never comes to pass. Honestly, I really hope it doesn't because I, I really like them being another competitor in the console space. And without Xbox, PlayStation could run amok. They could just absolutely start taking the piss. And if they got like a monopoly on the console market with no competition, with nowhere else to go, it's not good for any market that. So you want, you do want strong competition. Um, if that did happen and Big Daddy Microsoft pulls the plug on the whole Xbox experiment, then I guess that's a way to be able to make stuff. But I imagine that the easiest thing for them is if they, if they were confronted with the fact that Microsoft were pulling the purse strings, say, nope, no more. Then the easiest thing to do is close down Game Pass entirely. Shut that down and go out just to sell your software. Um, and you, that's how you're going to make the most money from it. And that's how you're going to guarantee having higher sales, right? Just act the same way that EA or anyone else does it. Because the Game Pass is what is costing so much money to run that service, you know? And even if you're getting a bigger rip from more people, still, you're going to be able to recoup your money? I, I don't know. We, they don't say how profitable Game Pass is for a reason. If it was, <laughs> like, not. if it was profitable then they would be shouting about it, and, and they don't. They say it does fine, and you know, they're happy with the growth, but um, I, I, I can't really see it being... Well, the fact that on our side, they said that Sony couldn't afford to do it. There's no way they could afford to be able to do it. And you know, God of War cost, what, like 140 million? It came out, and because it did really, really well, it made that back in like three days. But yeah. On a Game Pass, I, I can't, I can't see that. That'd be the first thing to go, in my opinion. If Xbox were really, really going to go down, then Game Pass is gone, and you just start selling it into PlayStation, and Nintendo, and PC, and go from there. You know, David, you're you're talking about them spending money and losing money potentially on uh, Game Pass. One area where they should definitely stop spending money is on studios. Now, they have spent an enormous amount of money lately on studios. They've spent $375 million buying Rare, $2.5 billion on Mojang, Bethesda, $7.5 billion, and then you've got Activision Blizzard, $68.7 billion. So they're in the red at the moment. They've really got to start getting some of that money back and back soon, and they need to stop buying studios. Leave it. They don't need to do any more. They've got enough studios. Let's just get the games out. Yeah. I, I think the thing is, if they had, if they had the, the product coming out of these studios to warrant the cost, then fine. Absolutely fine. You know, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, And with someone like, if the Activision deal comes through, it's a big money that they've put up front for it. But if they're selling COD, if they continue to sell COD, it will make that money back, let alone what they make from the mobile games with, with King and everything else, right? With Candy Crush and all that stuff. They'll be making hand over fist stupid money. But if they decide to, you know, put COD into Game Pass, then that's that, those sales gone, you know? And this... It's all these death by a thousand cut kind of situations where you you swell to such an extent 
And if they don't have the management there to be able to wrangle everyone and get them all working and get them all sharing a vision and to really buy into the wider company, then it doesn't matter how many studios you end up buying, a mess is already a mess. You could have a mess of 10 studios, let alone a mess of 40 studios. You know, if it's already a fucking clusterfuck in there anyway, more people ain't going to make it better. More chefs is never the... Con- it's never the right thing, right? It's less <laughs> chefs in the kitchen, not more. Less so, chefs uh, in the kitchen, yeah. That's yeah, the advice. So, yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I think purchasing stuff, if they, can, if they can get their head on right and they can put them in line, then they got studios here which are well worth the money. But so far, no matter how much they seem to throw at it, it doesn't seem to be making a goddamn lick of difference. And I don't think you can buy your way out of this one. Well, I know we spent quite a bit of time here talking about an Xbox thing, but the reason is because we actually care and we want to have strong competition. And without it, Sony will go wild with power like anyone will. And we will start seeing egregious stuff. Phil's already angry that he can't change to be uh, to be playing the Horizon DLC. Soon they won't let us have family sharing or something, Spence. It's going to happen. Oh, if, uh, if Xbox are gone, you can kiss goodbye all those little niceties, my friend. And before you know it, we'll be putting batteries in our controllers like <laughs> Xbox people do. <laughs> but Sony specialized batteries. Only yeah. Sony batteries, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be terrible. Be terrible. Listeners, I would love to know your thoughts on this. There is so much that we can unpack from what Phil Spencer has gone through. And I'm sure that over on Xbox, the box, they're going to be talking through this and unpacking it in great detail. Um, so it might be worth going over there and chucking them a follow, chucking them a subscribe, having a listen to what they have to say about it. And for any of them that do listen to us or any Xbox heads, please write in. Let us know what your thoughts are. Write into the email, psvtrust at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on our socials. I'm at SSJDavy. I'm at Philip Hoy, just with one L. And I'm at SpenPi underscore. And that has been it for episode 67 of In PS We Trust, a PlayStation podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk through the world of PlayStation with you guys today and go on a little bit of a detour onto the world of Xbox as well. Put the, uh, put the gaming world at rights, guys. Now, my voice has somehow survived this. I think I've become deeper and deeper and more kind of Riddick-esque the longer this conversation has gone on. I, I feel like I'm going to start saying about the family or something in a second, you know, do like a Fast <laughs> and the Furious reference. But um, thank you ever so much, guys. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you have, best way to let us know is to go on and put a like on the episode. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, anywhere that has a like system, Really would appreciate it. Five stars is what our show is currently rated as. We want to maintain that and hopefully continue those five stars coming in. Thank you for everyone that has done that. If you haven't done that and you've thought about it but never have done it before, just look at yourself in the mirror. Take that look forward and then put your head through the fucking wall because you don't deserve to look at yourself anymore. You messed up. You messed up, son. Go on and put that like on. And shut the fuck up about it. Jesus Christ, you slut. (laughs) (laughs) These get worse every week. Every week they get worse. It's building up. I'm glad I've rated our own podcast. Yeah, I'm glad you have too, mate. I'll put your fucking head through the 
floor. <laughs> Slap. Oh, God. Are you okay, Davey? <laughs> no, no, the flu's still getting me, mate. The flu is messing right. me up. If you're on YouTube, then hello. Make sure to put a like on it. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and ring that bell. Ring a ding ding, baby. And we'll be coming straight in every two weeks to your mailbox. Lickety split. <laughs> <laughs> dear God, dear God. Right, let's bring this to a close, shall we? I've been Davey. I've, of course, been Phil. And I've been Spencer. Take care, guys. Peace. In PS We Trust is hosted by Davey, Phil, and Spencer. You can write into the show via our email, pswetrust at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at inpswetrust. To find each of us online, follow our Twitters at ssjdavy, at philiphoy, at spenpie underscore. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See ya.